first off after reading that little line i will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine this is not a fucking joke anymore this is fucking dead serious i am fucking dead serious these people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with they are in a coup they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot but fuck they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of they do not fucking understand no fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood never i will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage fuck these motherfuckers folks let's uh let's get it on i've got to uh oh God. reset of course i'll bring me zoom up we're going to be talking to charles powerful charles rixie today and uh we're going to be going over rather rather than wasting time pointing at um angels on pins we're going to be going over a lot of the data that we are confident about and with that, let me just do this. Come on, cool, damn you. Meet with video. There you go. All right, so as we as we wait for Charles to come in, what's the dog been up to? Dog's had guests. That's <laughs> so nice. Christopher, Christopher Manning was here. And um, yeah, what a, what a what a pleasant few days just to be able to switch off from the uh oh god what's going on here oh there it goes uh just to be able to switch off from the i don't know the, the madness i guess the <laughs> the the psychological war because i think that's very much where we can place the uh our position on the map right now and i you know of course i'm 
paying attention as uh, you want to do. You not you never stop looking at those screens, do you? <laughs> it's a goddamn impossibility. And you know, many many people contacted me after the last stream, and the well, you know, there's people people just confused. <laughs> That's what's going on, and the um, uh, you know there were some who were just disappointed in the in the breakdown of personal relations, etc. But look, I never never really had a um, personal relationship, um, and the well, what we found is is that our oh, network connection failed. Why? Ah. Maybe maybe he's still getting his pizza. He did say to go. End of the meeting. I think. I don't know. Well, what can I say? I've I've just did. Last time I spoke to Charles was. Eleven forty nine, eleven fifty five, and I don't know. Uh, it's usually you get a little icon underneath if someone's seen the the message. So I, I was speaking to him, folks. I'm not gaslighting you. <laughs> He's somewhere. He's somewhere. Oh, let me just leave that on the screen. So uh, again, why? What, what are we? What are we doing? So we're trying to... Ah, there he is. Commander uh, Rixi, admit. Do this. Let's do that. Do this. Do this. Still trying to connect. Let's see. Charles, how are you, sir? Pretty good, can you? Uh, we can, except you've got your microphone right behind your ear. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Um, so as we, as we were sort of, oh, I was warming up, um, I was saying that what we want to do is, rather than continue to point uh, angels on pins being pushed out by Kui is... Go over, or, or like I say, you've got a new article out today, um, and the I, I think it's important to go through again what we know and what we can move forward with as, and I think the metric has to be, what did you call it, beyond reasonable doubt, right? And so I don't. Oh, let me. I presume you want to share screen. Um, Well, actually, I, I, I want um, maybe just to step into the breach somewhat. Um, it was striking in the last stream that he did, the breadth of accusation that he laid at Diffuse 
by Corollary yourself, of course, Major Murphy. And um, could you could you just address that for people who who are maybe not familiar with what happened? Oh, your mic's off, bro. Working. Ask to unmute. It's not working. Hey, and while we fix, uh, yeah, live streaming, folks. What can I tell you? Usually, usually Zoom is pretty good. There, there it goes. Is that working? Yeah, no sound. No, uh, no voice coming from you. You can hear me, right? Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So whilst um, Charles is sorting out the sound, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give you my opinion on what was uh, again very, very wild swings at this. Uh, at the ev body of evidence that has, it's not like it's been easy to get hold of. This has been a multi-year fight, and diffuse is just one of an inordinate number of pieces of evidence that point to the same issue, which is we have these weaponized industries, medical, biological, biowarfare, that I think have run out of control since 9-11. And to dismiss evidence because you dislike the individual who brought it forward, hmm, I'm not sure what that says about, well, I, I do know what it says about you. All right, give a mic test, dude. Nothing. <laughs> do you want me to try uh, Skype? Oh, I did hear something just then. Something, I heard a little sound. Oh, yeah, that worked. Like I said, I was trying to set up my microphone to see if it would get a better microphone quality. Oh, this is good. But, fuck it, whatever. This is good. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I've been able to hear you, so. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you heard my assessment of that particular um, boondoggle that was dropped. Um, do you have any more to add? Um, well, I mean, other than he, <sighs> he only answers one thing and then even then he doesn't answer it. Mm. The one thing that he addressed, he didn't really address. He basically just said that, well, virology is fucked up. So, uh, what am I supposed to do? Take a, a, everything, everything was fake and gay that happened in the last three years. That's, that's the trajectory that that thinking goes on. Right, because because then he doesn't have to actually address what the point is. But he basically, he, he painted it as if it was a stupid question with a silly answer, but it's not a stupid question, and it doesn't have a silly answer. Because as far as I can tell... Just for people listening, that, but, but, uh, just let me clarify this. This is about identifying different clades within speech, uh, viral families. Alpha, beta, Sebeco virus, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on and on. Sorry. Right. Now, now, the other ironic thing is that I've explained like three or four different problems with it that he's never addressed. And 
the real problem is that his audience never sees more than like five minutes of a stream, so they have no idea unless they're actually watching our stream. They don't realize that we've been addressing all of these things since November. So it's it's frustrating because he's basically he's lying to his audience, which is what he's been doing with you know trying to to pimp this idea that he had. He's just in, instead of saying as a scientist, okay, you know, let's debate this, he's not. In fact, from what I can tell, he's not debated really anybody about it. No, he, he acts as he acts as though if, if Kevin McKernan has has blessed his ideas as if mm. you know it's all good. But the reality is is that uh, he he hasn't he has the outlier hypothesis and he's pretending that all the evidence that exists doesn't exist so so i don't even know what he's arguing he's basically it's like a it's a religious argument it's not even a scientific mm, yeah I, I what did i say the other day it's it's sort of a scientific version of um like a gnosticism and i i there's that famous picture right, so. of the dude that's sort of <laughs> popping his head through the whatever you call that firmament i guess and he sees a whole whole new different world and um there's the, these sort of axiomatic jumps that you have to make if you're going to see if you're going to be able to get your head through jay's little portal and well he, and he's acting like a gatekeeper mm. but the problem is is that he's he's not gatekeeping anything so he, he's keeping his audience from hearing anything else and he's not bringing whenever he has somebody who he thinks might be might disagree with him on it he just doesn't bring up any of his contentious stuff mm. which is fine but at the end of the day you have to defend your hypothesis so I mean, whatever i'm <laughs> i'm gonna do my thing mm. i'll make sure that yeah we need I'll you sure to do your thing bro <laughs> just world to world if you're not uh, already a subscriber at Charles Substack and uh, uh, help Charles, help Charles. Charles does this off his own back whilst uh, Epsteinized money has been maintaining the illusion being pushed from the other side. That's um, actually a really good, it's actually a really good point. Um, because, so yes, please it, it, just subscribe and share. If you can't subscribe and like, Donate. pay and subscribe mm. then subscribe and share because uh that is my only source of income mm. and now that it's been four months since i've had any income i only have so much that i can live off of from the proceeds of the house and i don't have wow <laughs> a, new, a new thing a new gig yet so you could uh that uh you don't have any patriotism brixie and so uh <laughs> I imagine your marine pension. They just said you can't get any. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have any patriotism. So, this Dude, is, I, this, I, this, I, this is what really pisses me off about well about everything that he's saying. It's because he's he's acting like he's a victim. Mm. But here's what I want for his audience to understand. They're not going to hear this, of course, because he's not going to play it for them. But hopefully, somebody in their audience is listening right now. What I want people to understand is he's pretending. A, that 
I didn't give a shit about children's health defense. So I just left because, you know, Substack was more lucrative. Mm-hmm. And then he, he said the same thing about Jessica Rose. And, well, now granted, uh, Steve Kirsch is worth $50 million or $100 million. He doesn't need to have, you know, uh, a Substack that gets 500 grand a year. Mm-hmm. But he has one. The fucker. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he's able to broadcast his voice. But not everybody has a half a million or a million dollar substack. Mm-hmm. And so what I, want, what I want Jay to understand is that during the four months when I abandoned shit to go do something more lucrative because I didn't want the stain of RFK on me, um, well, he made $29,500. And during that same four months... I grossed about $1,200 from Substack. So he can eat a dick. Because not only is... Wait, you can get 1200 bucks from writing Substacks? Holy shit. Yeah, over four months. <laughs> because, see, the problem is, is that, A, I didn't have a half million dollar subscriber base. Mm. And B, I've continued to be working. I haven't been posting a lot. And so, you know... I mean, my, my subscribers this, this are is so the generous. Thing. This last four months as well, you've been, you've managed to pull out so much more corroborating evidence. That, you know, like I say, it's it's your your release today. Was it yesterday? I don't know. It's difficult for me to tell. Oh, this is, well, yeah. I mean, it's like three hours ago. Oh, okay. Um, it's concise, well written, well researched. It is in my mind, the epitome of what research should be. Not not a gallivanting around with a PowerPoint deck of 300 slides, engaging in um, a, I don't know if sophistry is the right way to put it, but there's a degree of non-testable thinking and hypothesis that he shoves forward this is the this is the truth this is the ground truth and I, I i don't think that that's the case i think the thing is we agree about the same a lot of the same things but there's this intense push to and like i said where, where does the clone idea go he's trying to say that there's no way anything can spread and that seems okay. a short, short-sighted. Position. Well, you know, that's great. And let's debate that. But I've read more than 30 transmission studies over the course of the last three years. Yes, they're in my fucking... They're in my, you know, my spreadsheet that he makes fun of all the time. Mm. But once again, I've I've read all those things. In fact, I, I, I keep like a running tally, like an estimate, because... Because I, I only really know for sure, or have a good idea for the stuff that I track in my, um, in my in my resource file. But so I can really only kind of estimate at everything else. But based on the, you know, I'm actually just about to publish it again, and it's going to go from you know, about twenty two thousand sixty to twenty four hundred. Uh, sources in the main tab, but, but but the watchmaker 
um, like like the, the the thesis that I've been working on has more than nine hundred sources just for that now, and there's one hundred and fifty links, not, not like footnotes and crap, because that's going to take a bunch of space. But there's one hundred and fifty links, which are basically the footnotes, just in the summary. And, and last time when I had my or and just in the conclusions, when in my 2.0 version, it was seven pages. It had like had like f- four conclusions, and this was the one in May. It had four conclusions, and then it had like five pages of just uh, s- supporting uh, questions that, that went along with it. <laughs> and there were eighty-five footnotes in that. There's one hundred and fifty just in the two-page. In, like introduction conclusion list, which which is now a seventeen instead of four, but but the point is is that each one of those conclusions is not just some random bullshit that I pulled out of my ass. Um, in fact, if you actually read this document, I've provided a lot of graphics, and for half of those graphics, I've got literally listed the references that I, I'm drawing my inferences from so like there's the list of the 49 um vaccine studies there's the 33 uh studies at the proximal origin authors and and the, the fauci meeting big wigs all the, the 33 articles that they published that never mentioned here in cleveland site for six months or for six weeks so for each one of those conclusions i've got the graphics i've got and even though i don't put them in there i've got probably two or three dozen, anywhere between like 15 and 60, depending on which conclusion it is, of actual sources, mostly peer-reviewed literature, that I've been reading. So, I, I mean, I'm but, not sure uh, maybe, what maybe. else you're supposed to do. This is literally, I'm literally doing a review study, but like for each one, but putting it all together and, 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 and turning it and, and deriving from it, you know, conclusions that are actually basically accusations in court. But whatever. Well, I say, I mean, everyone go read that document. I, I don't know if I can put the link. I'll have to do it after the show, but I'll put the, I'll put the link to the watchmaker, latest watchmaker. Um, so, we or there was a number of um, objections, of course. But um, th- this, how would you respond to? Uh, all I'm doing is trying to relay his argument. So his his intention was that looking at subclades of species because it's using nested PCR is nothing but a fiction. Um, would you would you have a concise response to that? Oh, your sound has gone, bro. Uh, yeah, it's back. Okay. Um, well, so so my thought would be, literally, all the sampling that's being done is a lie. Well, first of all, he he's. He's saying, okay, well, they only, in, in a lot of cases, they only sequence 
portions with the RDRP or whatever. Well, I, I guess the contention is it's not even that. It's just a case of using uh, PCR primers to say, do we see this in our culture or sample that we've got? And I guess his argument well, is, is that they haven't done sequencing. My well, issue, they have done Yeah, my issue sequencing. would be is that there is many papers you can look at which does do sequencing. <sighs> They've done sequencing. Now, just because they have... 2000 and especially the with because they were collecting so many samples yes they just to get everything started they would file everything with just the rdrp okay which is for everyone that's so? just a screening <laughs> method exactly right. that's a screening that, that doesn't mean that they're saying that you know this is the end all be all mm. because then when they go and they do the full sequencing they're still able to find Sorbeca viruses. They're still able to find, ah, oh, geez, I don't remember what the other ones are, the Merbeca viruses and everything else. So, I mean, and I sit here and, and I talk to people from Jurassic every day, and, and right now they're doing some of them. Well, Dawu's always doing sequencing, but, you know, some of them are, they just publish, keep publishing papers about um, all the different things that they're pulling out of. Of, of the of the samples of metagenomic metagenomic sequencing, mm. all the reads like they're going through published stuff from China, and they're able to distinguish between okay, well this is weird, and okay this is perfectly good sequence. So, which uh, the latest example being folks <laughs> is the MERS identification by. Monaghan, it's his last name, uh, Massey, uh, Yuri. Steve Massey, Adrian, right? Dagan, Adrian Jones, yeah. Dayu, and um, I don't remember who, who did you say that? Because I, 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 one of the things that I just updated Don last night Dungan, was, Von Donegan is his name. Oh, Van Dongan, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Tony, um, It's, I don't want to say it, but it's almost like he's, he's just, he's daring us to prove that viruses are real from the position of like, it's all fake. And that, that's not what I'm here to do. Now, if, if I, if through the thousands of papers that I've, that I've gone through, even as a non-scientist, if I haven't come to his position, then it might not be that I'm completely retarded because I'm not the only person. I mean, Dao Yu believes this stuff is real. You know, uh, see Joanna, Dr. Fleming, uh, Walter, uh, Mary, Kevin shout McCann. out to Mary, Kevin McCann. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> I, I would like to talk to him too. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and set something up. I, I think that would be a great uh, conversation. I'm very curious to to kind of bounce some things off her. Mm -hmm. Because... Sharp cookie. Right, and that's what should be happening. Like, she... JC, if you want to go down this road, you know, talk to her. 
He has She's done. She's a virologist. He has done right, and lit literally, uh, there's there's bad blood between them now because of how the the response that he's taken, and it's from what I can gather, it's been around, um, just that group panda, and that panda group is oh, look. In some ways, they do some good stuff, and others, they're just they're skating into that Alfman Bailey territory too much. Well, they're they're. They're allowing. They're they're listening to his propaganda and assuming that he knows what he's talking about. And I'm sorry, but it, the fact that that we take a position that he disagrees with uh, doesn't make it wrong. And just because we're closer to the virologists than he is doesn't mean that he's right. I'm trying to figure out the origin of this pandemic. I have no idea what he's trying to figure out at this point, because coronavirus biology did. <laughs> he, he's trying to argue about infectious clones. Okay, now on the face of it, infectious clones are how whatever was created. SARS-CoV-2 is an infectious clone. It is not a natural virus. We got that. He, he's trying to break down and question the the fidelity and. If I heard correctly from the from the stream that he did, the main paper that he's using to talk about how this he's this five hundred thousand to one and whatever <clears throat> ratio of of you oh, know this like, is the all this other crap nanopore sequencing for HKU um, right. Why is he Why is he talking about a twenty nineteen paper for HKU? Because. If, if, well, if I, I, I pulled that one up as an example of next generation sequencing being able to delineate that there are large genomes that overlap with previous generations analysis. And the nice thing about that technique is, is you get a quantitative distribution of which proteins are being um, coded for. And, and it's a strange argument in my mind that he would he would say that because you see lots of sub or, or sub functional peptides, their their amount is much higher relative to the genome for a whole virus that it neuters the idea of infectivity, which I, I find a bizarre position to hold because well it's it's bizarre because he's not, he's not even talking about SARS-CoV two, hmm. he, he's talking about um, a an infectious swarm. So, if the infectious swarm was able to survive on four hundred four hundred thousand to one, which I, I doubt, but let's just say that's the case. A, well, that wouldn't destroy his argument. It would just say that there's some process here that that he's not picking up on because obviously he's able to propagate. He's able to propagate well enough that we can identify what it is when somebody gets infected with it. But, but the, the real key here is that if he's talking about infection, yeah, infectious clones, HKU1 isn't an infectious clone. Right. Yeah, but then he'll, he'll, he'll say, this, this oh, any experiments they've done is clones. This so. nanopore sequencing, this paper that he's talking about, why isn't he looking at nanopore sequencing from SARS-CoV-2? And there's a bunch. And there's a bunch. Yeah. And how do I know there's a bunch? Because I've been looking at infectious clone I've been looking at the dynamics of the swarm. I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, f f 
to, to look into this very problem. Why? Because when he brought up the question, I went looking to, to know the answer. I wanted further, you know, I didn't know if he was right or wrong, so I wanted to investigate. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. And it's stunning that, you know, that I've done that. And he's not done the same when he knows nothing about bioweapons, but he, he's, he's just played the, the science card, science card, and, and moved do, on. Is do, it, do you is think it's a fair other? assessment to say that there's, that there's kind of sort of a denialism about what he's trying to do, which is saying you, you, there's a normalcy that we can go back to and to do that you have to if if you bite down on what he's his bait then you can get back to that um previous state and i'm i'm not sure that can ever happen in in now and so the the what we have to do is navigate this new landscape to make sure that the, the authoritarian aspect doesn't come in well, you know, he's he's brought up something, but before we all follow him and put our head in the sand, we have to know for sure that that's the answer. And what he has done is not provide conclusive evidence that he's found the answer. He's repeated some points. He's ignored what we've said, and he just casts aside any, any evidence that he doesn't agree with. But the problem is is that there's real world data that can back those things up. And, you know, you know, I'm not a scientist, but I know Sherlock Holmes. So if this really is like this much of an open question, then why are we shutting ourselves off to an improbable to what he considers an improbable answer if we don't have all the information? He he's actually doing the opposite of what he should be doing. Because we need as much information as we can. We don't need to silo into a certain thing. Because that's how we get in rabbit holes. That's how we get to the point where, you know, nine months ago, I gave the answer to the DOE report. And he's not talking about it. But people need to understand that. Regardless of the functions and the... the the daring news of the of the infectious clones that are behind it, um, the the impact and the analysis and the importance of the DOE database towards what we're trying to figure out is incredibly important. And I broke that news on his show, and now he's just got a couple thousand viewers who've never heard it. And it's a shame. Well, the the, the, pro the problem is, is we wasted all this time discussing his crap. The the issue that we that's incredibly frustrating is is that there is if you okay, me and you are talking and we're sort of a, a, a critical node in this sort of network of people, and the the issue is is that there's a lot of overlap. And, I, and look, I, I want people to look at different sources, of course, but. The, well, the point I wanted to get to is is that those who are in, engaged in coordinated, effective pushback, we do have this crossover. 
And when you're bleeding in, th this this is why the no virus idea is so toxic. You, you by denying an ex extant reality, you're basically like what did you say? Head in sand, right? That, that's a, a good a good way of, of, of putting it, right? And and then something's just, someone's just going to come along and wallop you in the behind all, all the time that you're not looking, and the irrespective of the initial deaths. And I don't think there's any disagreement that they went beyond, I don't know, I don't know where, where, how you even define the, let's just say beyond any legal definition of proper standards of care and, and killed a whole bunch of people, right? And, you know, I, I, I don't know if you remember this guy. He was a Swedish doctor. I say his name was John. It was Doctor John. But he, he he sort of came out very early and said, in Sweden, they're not giving oxygen, and they were just killing <clears throat> thousands of old people by denying them that basic treatment. Right, and it, it, that didn't involve venting. Didn't involve anything. It just it was a uh, so in the UK there's this thing called the Liverpool Care Pathway. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard people talk about it. I don't know specifically what it is. It's basically an administrative decision that says we're withdrawing support, basic support, no food, no water, nothing, till the patient dies. Yeah, we have a similar process here. Mm -hmm. And and basically what happened, and, and you know, that's supposed to be in the most of extreme cases. Right. If you're, if palliative care, you're dying, you're a vegetable, you're not coming back, and it's time to let go. I mean, we have, we have more protections against that here, but only, but not during the pandemic. So. And I, I'd, there's, there's no argument from us that that was a issue going into the in, into the series and chain of events, right? It wasn't just one issue at the beginning three years ago. We've got this ongoing system-wide, uh, it's not collapse, I don't know what it is, a sort of um, brutal spasm by these systems, whether, whether it was induced deliberately or not. <clears throat> I'm tending towards deliberate. Um, but he, he doesn't address data now, right? And so one of the issues I've got with him now is, right, so he does that graph where he'll say, okay, we've got all-cause mortality, and then you see along the bottom what's right. the contribution of influenza-like illnesses, like pneumonias. And you get that, and, and you do see this massive jump, and this is just U.S. data, right, but you see that massive jump, and it's going along, and then he's cut it off at 2021. And since then, we've had 2022, we're into 2023, and what do we see? Sustained excess death through, and I'll, I'll put it in these terms, exposure to these peptides of concern, synthetic peptides, seeded into the environment. Well, and, I, I, I've, I've sent you two pictures over the last couple of minutes. And the first one... Indeed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. In chat. And the, the first one is... Um, deep sequencing of a quasi-species 
of a SARS-CoV-2 patient <clears throat> to something like that. Um, showing the, uh, the dynamics of all the different variants that are inside SARS-CoV-2. So not HK1, not HK5, but the current, well, one of the pandemic variants. And uh, what you see, I, I can't see, like, if you're, oh, I'm not watching you on here, which is fine, and it's not a big deal. Yeah, I'll, I'll share the screen, dude. Okay. But this is the kind of crap that, that he never even, he never even listens to. He never pays attention when we're actually talking about things that are relevant to him. And it's frustrating because this is exactly what he says that he would want. And what we see here is the dynamics. We have, they, they have one master mutant. So first of all, the gene genetic diversity in the swarm is, is narrow. It's not, it's not broad. And it's not um, very multifaceted. It's very much um, vast, overwhelming majority. It's very, very tightly genetically bound, like it, within one or two mutations. Like it's all very, very dense. There's not a lot of diversity in, in here. And this is, I don't remember, like if this is for more than one time, I have to go back and look. But what they see is exactly what you and I had briefly talked about before, which is there's not enough of anything to shift anything within this swarm. The SARS-CoV-2 swarm is very homogenous. It's even more homogenous than um, other coronaviruses, of which there's um, coronaviruses are more homogenous than the average RNA virus. Right, because of the exon nuclease, right? There's more. There's more things too. But for the if we if we think about SARS-CoV-2 as an infectious clone, so it obviously like they've retained the exon nuclease. They want they want it to be relatively stable because they obviously spent a lot of time putting these um, various nasty peptides in there, and. But it's almost like he's completely forgetting the fact that uh, once something gets into the swarm, evolution still matters. And in fact, the, the papers by Eddie Holmes and uh, Mark Dennison and Ralph Barrick that, that he says are irrelevant because, well, they're, they're from those people. Sorry, say that again. They're, they're, they're what people? They're irrelevant because those papers are irrelevant because they're from... The oh, those people. It, I see. Yeah, that's what he's arguing. Well, at the same time, these are the coronavirus experts in the world. So it's either all fake, but the problem is, is that when we go down that road, like there's not the evidence doesn't support it. Because when we see sequencing from SARS-CoV-2, it acts like what Eddie Holmes was talking about. Because he wrote a paper in 2002. He addressed it again in 2011 basically saying that uh, I'm not 100% sure that the quasi-species swarm is the best um, 
uh, model model that we should be looking at evolution of of coronaviruses with because it's not even the only RNA virus that we have to struggle with, but especially with coronaviruses, uh, at the very least, there should be more of a mixed model because it's not operating in the same way as dengue. It's not as flexible. And yes, there's recombination, but there's still limits on recombination. And and what he said, what Eddie Holmes says in these papers is that it seems like in many ways the dynamics are less of a quasi-species and more just driven by typical evolutionary processes because it, it takes it takes more than just fitness for a variant to arise to the top. It has to have fitness and has reached a certain threshold of numerical um, proportion within it. Otherwise, it's toast. It doesn't matter how doesn't matter if it's the most perfect fit person on the planet. It can't rise to the top. Well, guess what? That would kind of blow up the face of, of his argument. But he doesn't want to address it. So he says, oh, well, this is, this is Eddie Holmes, and so it doesn't matter. Okay, well, it's well, great. Falls, falls back on this premise of um, that because you get, I, I don't know, shrapnel, I guess, is a way of thinking about it. You get these non-replicant, competent bits thrown out and he his or my understanding of his reasoning is is that they they're essentially useless and not capable of doing anything and i i think that's a really naive way of looking at these peptide fragments because we know about the toxic epitopes and it's not just limited to the spike protein and there's you know, you can't, you want to go and attack a healthy system, right? So you've got to suppress that system through as many ways as possible to give that viral particle that you've gone to so much effort to make the best chance of giving, of having a replication conducive environment. Right. The argument that they would go through such extensive links to craft a virus like this, but then not try to make it as stable as possible is like, it's like a third grade fail when it comes to evolutionary biology. Because, because first of all, uh, the virus wants to persist and well, it also wants to be stable and, and where the mutations are happening is exactly where they should happen. Now, we can believe that, that that's all theater and they planned out every single, you know, wobbly mutation, or they're not releasing every single generation of every minute uh, nucleotide change. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's ridiculous. Because what we see is the evolution over time in all the sequences, and it's and it's amorphous. It's it's constantly happening. It's happening at different rates in different places with different dynamics. It would be impossible. It would have been impossible to do it for a month, much less to do it. You know, for you know the first year and a half, and then you have Omicron, whatever it is, 
do what it is now. Like you couldn't, it wouldn't, it's not worth it. You don't, you don't have to do any of that shit to have had the impact that they've had. So he, he, he thinks that he's creating this simplistic answer, but it's not. And that's just, that's just one picture. I mean, you can click in the other picture and guess what that is. The next picture is. Oh, I know this picture. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> and once again, so this is, this is excess death. I think it's all cause excess death. Yeah, but for it's done England. by the age groups, which is really nice. Right. And so he would look at this and say, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. It's not real. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Well, why don't we dig down deeper in this? Because once again, in 2020, he, he's right. I was not investigating the origin. I wasn't. How dare you, Rixie? The brick. How dare you? Wait till he finds out that I'm not even a scientist. <laughs> I mean, he's made fun of the fact that I was selling shoes, but you know what? Uh, if 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 I were a lot of people right now, I I, I wouldn't be making fun of that because mm. I'm making a lot of people look bad. Mm. Now, granted, <laughs> well, I'm also being censored, so I'm not making that many people look bad. But here's the scoop on this, and this isn't even the data that I was working with. I was working with mostly U.S. data. I want to say I sent you this. I remember pulling this up for a stream and just saying, looking at this, saying, holy shit, right? This, this in the zero to 24, 25 to 49, people shouldn't be dying. Well, I, I, I don't, because I remember we talked about RSV at some point. Mm. Because I remember bringing this up when I was talking about RSV. Uh, it, was, it was in the same stream. It was, it was a different image, but... Mm. Um, but in this image, people aren't just looking at the image and pondering what it actually means. And in this case, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. So here we have the 0 to 24 and 25 to 49. So you should see 0 red mm. in 2020, right? Because if this virus isn't deadly, uh, why are we seeing... Or if it's increases. deadly and attenuated, should be the or the, or you know whatever or it's an infectious clone that goes away after three minutes, um, and that it's all iatrogenic. Well, then why are people dying in the twenty-five to forty-nine range? Well, why are the rates going up if if it's all iatrogenic? Because a lot of those people wouldn't you would assume they wouldn't even be in hospitals. Yeah, they're not in the hospitals now. That's this. This is where the the there's a major failing in their reasoning, right? It's because you've got to explain extant data now. And right. they can't. It's it's cut the graphs off and say everything was down just to policy change, iatrogenic, and there was no threat in the environment. Right. Well, well look at all the old people. So you see the massive die-off very early, yeah. and you see, uh, you know, the... In the 25 to 49 range, you you see a little bit of a raise, and that was the first wave. Well, the first wave. Well, okay. that know, one, that one, dude, those old folks, uh, that might have just been them switching off the oxygen. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And so, but that's that's why that's why it's really important to be able to see the waves. So, after that massive die-off, the 65 plus, they don't start really dying again until. 2022. Like 
Omicron till booster range. So that's when they're presumably there are uh, so many died in the very beginning, but then why weren't they dying for the next 18 months? We're talking about a bunch of old people. They didn't all die. They didn't cull, cull all the wheat, all the chaff. So where did they go? We didn't get better at protecting them. Masks didn't suddenly start working. So, and, and there's a lot of ways you could look at this, but <laughs> unfortunately, their answer is, well, it's all antigenic and that explains everything, but it doesn't because when I, let me see if I can, I'll send you one more to one that I made because I, I mean, I, I know I'm not a scientist, but I, uh, I fiddled around for a while in 2020 and 2021. I don't know. It's kind of numb, but I think I don't need it at the moment. So, well, you can you can share your screen, dude, if you got it up. Yeah, I know. I don't want to. Uh, I got it. Yeah, I've got the chat box. So if you drop it in there. Okay. All right. Now I made this one myself. And see this with this one, you can actually learn things. Now it may not be what like an answer to what we're talking about here, but <clears throat> but I, I had to I had to kind of rig the data because uh, as it turns out, the CDC doesn't really want to make it easy to tell the age ranges from who dies. So they'll shift back and forth and they'll shift so you can't even really compare very easily between countries. Um, and they did that a lot, but in this case, what I made this because I wanted to kind of solidify a, an argument that I had made the previous summer, summer 2020, when George Floyd died and the protests happened. And I wanted to see if I want to kind of, cause I knew in my heart, I'd already seen the temporal correlation between the waves starting in this, in the, uh, like three or four weeks after those protests. But I wanted to see, the best way to see that would be to see the age of the people who are dying. Because deaths, cases can be magnified and, and blown up and, and whatever, but deaths are deaths. And in this case, in 2020 especially, kids weren't dying of anything else. Like car crashes went down a lot, and that was the main, when you're less than 25, that's, how you die and just to, um, just to address someone in the <clears throat> chat who uh aklm graph the graph we were looking at was all cause mortality and i want to say yes, that was the, ons data from the uk correct this is this is us death. data now yeah this is overall covid deaths so these are deaths like covid killed these people officially um from basically the start of the pandemic through the first 11 months. And um, which is basically February, 2021 is when I was just joining drastic. And so I, I kind of stopped paying attention, but what you see here is George Floyd died on May 26th, I think so somewhere around there. And 
about three days later is when protests started. So there's like a, there's a collective, like everybody was holding their breath, like, oh, fuck. This guy just died, and it pretty much looked like murder, and it pretty much was. Yeah, it's what you get when you swallow all your fentanyl stash. Well, I mean, fentanyl contributed to his death. And and obviously the dude seeing on his neck didn't help. Mm. But it's kind of beside the point, because I, I would consider it murder. Yeah, look, man, I don't want cops kneeling on my, <laughs> my neck. But, <laughs> The, the cop was wrong, and he contributed to the death, absolutely no doubt. Now, because he should have seen, as the other two cops did, as they were telling him, you know, asphyxiate, but whatever. Another technical question for you, Charles. I'll let you, I'll let you answer this. Um, can you explain the difference between all-cause mortality, excess mortality? Uh, yeah, so all-cause mortality is just all deaths that take place. Excess mortality is... Jesus, excess mortality is the amount above, like in a normal average, like an average ex- from five years projected previous. average. Yeah, right? they take that average and and shift it a little bit based upon population dynamics and how they're changing, and they come up with an expected uh, uh, plateau. And so anything that goes above, I I, I forget what the like percentage is. But once it gets like a certain percentage above normal, it crosses well, so this, a good example this bar that excess. Euromomo data, right? So what what they'll do is they'll calculate to a z score, <laughs> and the z score is just basically, you know, you have a distribution, and then once you pass significance, which are, on average, once you get a z score above three, it means that you've gone into significance, and and on the Euromomo data, you'll see. There's like a mean, and then they've got the error, dotted error bars following it, and that's their that's their threshold, and that's how they derive the z-score. And maybe I can just pull that up as a because it, yeah, it's, it's a nice. And I don't I don't remember how they how they come up with the like the dividing line, but it's not. It, it's basically something to that effect, and so when you see excess. Um, like it takes a little bit to to get to excess because you're you, you don't want the bar to be you're trying to you want to be able to catch trends that are happening in public health you don't want it to be too too minute too sensitive and you don't want it to be too insensitive um but with the pandemic so I, was, I've just converted clear. the graphs here to Z-score. So you can have like total number. So that would be like your all-cause mortality. You can convert it to a Z-score, which sort of evens out the data because you, you've abstracted it out. And look, that first wave, there's no argument from us that there's iatrogenic um, harm in this. <laughs> And but you've got to account for this extended, extended wave. And well, you know what's the well. See, I actually, I actually disagree. You do. I think that there. Well, there was a lot How of. Dare you? Atrogenic. There was a lot of atrogenic deaths. Um, at the, at the start, I think we're especially you know like New York, Illinois. There was several places, but. 
at the end of the day, there were also excess deaths in the younger age groups. And those are harder to just uh, dismiss because you don't get flu deaths. Actually, flu is deadlier than COVID for younger people, but there was virtually no flu. And, you know, I know that he would just say, okay, well, everything was just wrapped into COVID. Well, that's fine. But even if everything was wrapped into COVID, there were way more young people dying from respiratory illness than, than you would expect. So, and they, they, I, I, I'm, it's harder for me to accept that they were just killing, wantonly killing, um, you know, seven-year-olds on a ventilator or something. And, and there weren't that many, but like 25-year-olds, probably not that many hydrogenic there because it's, I mean, you have to remember that at the beginning of the pandemic, the there was far more likely to be less iatrogenic death because everybody was kind of doing their own thing. Especially where I was in, in the first wave, like across the nation, there was a lot of uncertainty, but there was not, they didn't have the protocols set up the way that they did uh, going into the fall. So like remdesivir wasn't like set in stone. Um, Everybody was unknown wow. with ventilators, but, but doctors were still posting videos in, on Twitter saying, "Hey, this this is the, this is X Y Z. This isn't just this, you know." And they were doing that because the doctors, as a general rule, they were actually trying to figure it out, and they hadn't been dictated to yet. The first the first wave was very was very fast. Yeah, but you also have to remember the first wave was all these doctors in the hospital um, without masks or without uh, good masks. And what do you think the patients were dealing with at that point? So if you went into the hospital, you were probably getting a lot of virions because they didn't have the supplies. They didn't have the, like the, the pressure tents and everything. Like all that stuff was, they were scrambling trying to catch up and that was across the nation. And so, but, but that's, actually, that's actually normal because what we saw in the United States in all the Western countries and in China and everywhere you looked, the first wave cut hard. And part of it was because they didn't know, like, and, and so, <clears throat> because there's so much noise and there's so many arguments about what happened during that, that first wave, what I want people to understand is that um, the first wave is the best picture that's the best accurate data that we have before all right, this stupid crap. It was before Remdesivir. I mean, I want to say Remdesivir took right. at least half a year more to really pick up. Right. right. What they really started doing was they started killing lots of people um, more and more uh, like as the time went on. And it became obvious because it, it became more consistent. There was less variance. And across the nation, you began to see similar patterns. But in the first wave, especially, there were 50 states in 50 different waves. I have a graphic, another graphic where, where I show. Holy the, shit, dude. Look at this. The exponential growth for each state altogether. 
Look at that. What's that? Cumulative increased deaths in zero to 14 year olds. Yeah. Wow. Well, but see, that's in 2023. And that's obviously, so anybody that's dying right now is not dying without some sort of impact from something else because they're not even facing the real COVID. Like the SARS-CoV-2 virus isn't here anymore. Like Delta or Alpha or, or, or Beta or whatever it was, that was like when people were getting that, when my, my mom got Omicron and got deathly ill from Omicron um, like seven months ago, I, I would say it was August of, of last year. But the previous August or the previous September, when, you know, Caitlin was sick and my aunt and uncle were sick and she lives, she literally like has a little farm property that she, she cut off from my uncle. So my parents live next to my uncle and aunt and the uncle and aunt were the ones who were super sick, like with Delta. And so they, she, she understands that there was like Delta was serious and she was lucky that she didn't get that. But she was, she was boosted. She's immune suppressed. My mom is. And so her Omicron was bad. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, immune suppressed because of rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid, so they're giving her prednisone, things like that. Uh, yeah, it was, I, some sort of biologic. I don't remember. Oh, biologics. Oh, yeah, of course. That's the, uh... <laughs> yeah. So, so, so basically, we've been poisoning everyone, which is why my mom had such a hard time because she shouldn't have had a hard time with Omicron. None of us should have. And I haven't had a major bout of, of COVID since fuck whatever, you know, That's 2020. Um, so, so what that really should be telling us is it seems like, like as we go further along in time, it's, more of the expected planned controllable deaths and less of the like wavy sensation with uh, you know everything else. And it's, it's, that's it's exactly what we're seeing. It's the, exactly what we're seeing. The other age groups are well twenty twenty two was high <laughs> obviously, but sixty-five forty five to sixty four is lower. It's it's this signal in children is very hmm. yeah, uh, maybe guess, it's RSV, I don't know. Um Well, it's actually everything. Right. I think that what it could be is that even though the majority of them weren't vaccinated, just like we talked about a few months ago, when you have immune suppression on a wide scale, and this is something that took me a while to to have somebody get across to me. But once I did, it made total sense. Everybody, if you're immune suppressed, when you get sick, you're carrying more viruses because, the, because whatever infects you is able to propagate more than it typically would. So it, it doesn't matter if it's RSV or flu or, or leishmaniasis or, you know, fuck, well, whatever it is, what we're seeing is broad scale immune suppression. And when, the majority of people who are walking around are like that and you have seasonal stuff that's going around kids are going to be exposed to more because 
generally speaking, we're not thinking about it in those terms. So we're not trying to protect them and we're not, and and mostly because our governments aren't telling us this because they don't want us to realize that this is what's happening. But so that means when you go to the store, there's more virus floating around in the air. There's more virus on the ground and the surfaces. When you go to school, the kids are being bombarded with more at home. So they go to So when they get sick, they're carrying more viruses. So they're being punished by this immune suppression, even though they didn't get the shots themselves. And I think that's one of the sickest parts about this is that they didn't need to do 100% to put the entire population at this disadvantage. They they just got, you know, a, a majority, two-thirds, and the rest is happening. And so depending on the age that we're looking at here, you know, if they're 14 and under, they're not dying from the shots because they're not getting the shots anymore. The few, you know, especially 12... in Europe. Yeah. in Europe, they're not getting it at all. So if you're looking at Europe and, and what they're, if something is going on there, it, and it's, it's obviously temporarily co correlated to something unnatural and it basically has to be the shots. I'm, I'm sure that ethical skeptic would show that it is, but it's not, it, it's the, it's the immune suppression in general, more so than any specific shot thing. Because then you see, you know, then you're, the kids are going to get sicker. So more kids are going to get sick and then more kids are going to die. And so that's not iatrogenic in, in the like, direct sense. In the classical sense. But, yeah. yeah. It is. Like, it, it is in the long term, but we don't have a term for what this is because it's biowarfare. Yeah. But, but the fact that our governments, the fact that our governments are continuing to obfuscate this, um, it just makes them look guiltier and guiltier. And, and, it, and it's hard for me to, to see it any other way because, because they won't fund long COVID very much. They're, they're not even really talking about it that much. They, they want it to be this mysterious thing that they can treat forever, but they don't actually want to dig into the reasons why it's happening. Exactly like, <laughs> exactly like chronic fatigue syndrome and all these other things. Yes, yeah, so it, it was interesting. I, I was going to, if I, if I couldn't get to speak to you, um, there was a paper highlighted by Malone in his substack where they were looking at functional neurological disorders in COVID versus post-vaccination. And in these studies... It's functional. So a, a functional neurological disorder means that you, you, you express neurological symptoms, but they don't fit canonical neurological gotcha. disorders. Okay. And it's difficult to... Um, like you can image the brain and generally it looks intact right whereas if you had like a bleed or inflammation etc you could say ah, that there's a encephalopathy encephalitis as the causal agent but they don't find under so, analysis so kind of like so kind of like chronic fatigue syndrome or, or mm -hmm. there's another one that i'm thinking of that's, that's better fit for this particular bit well but yeah i mean but you've got to a state in the imaging 
um, tech now, particularly with PET, where they can, um, so things like ex uh, chronic fatigue, et cetera, they, the primary culprit seems to be the overactivation of microglia in the central nervous system, which are their, it's the central nervous system equivalent of the immune, uh, its immune system, right? Because it's an immune privileged uh, region. And so you can show that people have increased activation of uh, microglia. But again, it's, there's only so many hospitals that are going to have access to the, just a PET scanner is rare to find. And then you've got to get the ligands. And often they're very experimental as well. Right. But, but what you made it sound like is that, it, is that despite that, what they're seeing, they don't attribute to that. So, like you're saying that they're not necessarily seeing it in their, in their. Uh, yeah, they don't. They don't. Like, like I say, there's there's actual difference. I should pull the. I read his Substack. His paywall. You know what I bet it is. You know what I bet it is. Hmm. Get, get, well, and I, I. This is also a good reason why he wouldn't want to talk about it. I think it. That would. I would go. Oh, I mean, I would assume that we're kind of on the same page on this. Is it, it's. Uh, what is it called? Sand. Uh, Sand. Is it sand, sand, like um, I don't know, so something, something like SARS-related neurological, um, but it's actually also um, basically it's very close to it's tied to AIDS, basically. Mm. Basically, it's something that they see in AIDS. Oh, you're talking about um, uh, and it's a Duggar hand, guy. Can't... hand, H HIV associated neurological dysfunction. That's that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Um, but that that does present with um, uh, eventually you can see um, imaging on MRI, etc. Let me let me see if I can find this. Um, Paper, well, but... you also have to think that this virus is is able to it's able to get into the you know the, I don't have access the neural cells better than than HIV one is. I mean HIV is it, and especially oh, of course ironically especially if if you count the spike protein from the from the vaccine. The potential I might be asking about that. percent sure what that is. Yeah, so uh, again the point the point here being that there is a qualitative difference in the symptom profiles of those who get vaccine injured versus those who have um long Task, uh, post acute sequelae of is COVID. it is it a question of um of the specific symptomology or is it just the intensity because obviously intensity no so the symptoms are clustering to... differently interestingly and <clears throat> the you know I, I mean you're the you're the genius here I like <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> like, you know to think why if I get anything right in this case it's 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 pure luck. Uh, but if uh, I had to, if I had to put a pin in something, it, it, what I think might be happening is is that in the vaccine injured scenario, you may be seeing more immune mediated pathologies. So things like um, 
Oh, what's <laughs> blanked on that? When your face drops, Bell's palsy. Um, that 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 type of thing, and uh, and so we we know that it's it's a sort of autoimmune type disorder. In the case, which you expect to be more, if it is autoimmune, you expect more of it because there's yeah. That's interesting. So, so that the vaccine would sort of trigger down that pathway, whereas in the um, neurotropic um, domain, your well, they, they, in this, I want to say that their descriptions were that these people have more sort of sensory abnormalities, so like pain, myalgia, these types of difficult to quantify symptoms because you know you, you can have the MECFS type phenotype and they could you could say oh my muscles ache my and they can go in and examine that tissue and generally it looks normal now they might find some neuropathy right. that that type of thing um but it's not a hundred percent guaranteed that that you will and you know this so for more brain evasion more direct like more evidence of not uh, of uh, autoimmune like inflammation or anything, but more specifically, and see what I would say is if that's the case, I would presume that if we're talking about this, then the people who have who have it from the from the infection rather than the, than the shot will they will tend to be the people who had it more seriously. But, yes, but and that, that's. I've heard, but, but see, is... but that's also concerning because I do hear anecdotal evidence that it's not just them. So I, I haven't looked enough to to know. But like just off the top of my head, that's what I would. Yes. Yeah, so, so in these types of studies, there's an issue that comes from um, many, particularly at the younger end of the cohort. Um, they'll tend to struggle along, and it's uh, it's. And again, that's just because you've got youth and vigor on your side. And so to, to present to the hospital with a functional neurological disorder, it, it, there's a, a, a threshold that you've got to get past, right? And you know, I just know from my experience and just reading the literature, often, often people just, there's nothing that much can be done. So there's, and actually if you read the, the if I'm understanding this paper correctly, that the, treatments available to these people are limited right psychological <laughs> which is which is the same approach that they had 30 years ago when i got ill and they, they you know, what was termed yuppie flu back then but um it was <coughs> well we can change your thinking about the debilitation that you have it's useless that doesn't help and that's that that comes out in this paper so anyway i'm Wearing on so the basically, so basically, um, it's almost as if what we've discovered, and is that when you have serious viral stuff, or a few things that um, are able to like do some damage to you, then you you know you're not always going to come back hundred percent. And what's interesting, though, is that uh, chronic fatigue, et cetera, that is actually, see, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is bridge the, the historical gap to, to draw the connection between 
what we saw from HIV and then mycoplasma and all these other things that they discovered were rampant inside all these people, whether they were part of those studies or not, um, these opportunistic infections were a big part of chronic fatigue syndrome. And, and, and my guess is, is that, I mean, really what we're seeing is just the, is that it all does tie back to the same basic concepts. But in this case, they did it on purpose. I, I don't know if it, like in the past, it was, it was sometimes accidental, like, oops, we dropped some, well, like, yeah, it, it, oops, it, we dropped some Lyme disease. It, it, it's a, um, it was part of the feature of viral illness, right? And, you know, there were candidate viruses that were more suspicious than others, like Epstein-Barr. But as you were saying, in this particular instance, if what we're dealing with was a very deliberate act, I w I, and this is something I've been arguing for literally from the beginning, is that that impacted state from a weaponeer's perspective is perfect, right? Of course it is. From a military strategic standpoint, this is such an incredible, like it's, it's a coup. And the problem, the problem that I have then is that Fauci knew that this virus was going to do that. Which, which well, and I, I, would, I would also argue that um, in terms of peptide additions, Right, you have that open reading frame 10, which isn't there on, it, it's unique to SARS. And it's, it specifically leverages amyloidogenic pathways. Right. Well, they, um, made, they made sure to keep all the bad stuff from SARS. They made sure to add stuff and everything they added was bad. Mm. It, it, it increased the efficiency. So whether it's in the receptor binding domain with the ACE2 or whether it's, they're subdividing domain and the fact that they they tweaked it to make it better for ACE2 and using <laughs> regions. Um, but when you look, you're right. They, they kept they kept everything from Orphate North 10, Orph 6, and you know, then, then the, the exact part that this is longer than the original SARS is better. And it's almost like every single amino acid change is better it's like an improvement wow and but better maybe <laughs> just more more offensive i guess would be the right proper... but it, it it it's really hard for me simply knowing that it almost makes the like the origin irrelevant because because then and, and which is the whole point of the watchmaker hypothesis is when you lay out everything once you get to the point where you realize that they understood what it was, and so the when you then you look at the way they responded, and they did it completely backwards in the way that it was going to make it most damaging. Um, Fauci's evil, but the problem is, is that I don't know what that means beyond him. Like, what I don't know what the fuck happened. Um, but. Yeah, it's almost so like the I, West I, me, was committing suicide. Let, let me let me ask you this question: At what level would there be a sort of 
conceptualization of all the legislation, the molecular biology comes together such that someone can look at that and say, aha, I can use it in an offensive manner. And okay, we can look at Fauci, but where else in these hierarchies could we look at and say that group would have had the technical capability to um, trigger everything. The deep state, uh, and uh, when I say that, I mean above and beyond the duty. I think, I think the DoD is not in control here. They've never been in control, and I think they want us to believe that that's the case. But, but then we have to believe that the DoD allowed themselves to be poisoned. Like even with anthrax, they defy the presidential order after a while because they could, it was, it was too much harm. It. Right, and they they didn't want to do it for everybody mm. because I mean, this, we're talking about readiness. We're talking about the world's number one fighting force with all this money being thrown at it, and and we're poisoning it, and it makes no sense, and so. Uh, I don't even want to think about what it means because it, it means something. It means somebody is willing to a attack America itself. And I, I wish, I wish that it was coming from the outside, but Fauci's not from the outside. He's the ultimate insider. And, but he knew, he knew this was going to cause a bunch of autoimmune shit. He knew it was going to cause excess death. He knew it was going to cause um, overburdening of, of healthcare systems and insurance uh, right at a time when, when like, this is not the time for us to play this game. But he did it. And he was able to get away with it because like nobody understood what was happening. But he, but here I am now, and I'm talking to people today. Um, I was talking to somebody uh, who we know who's telling me like updates about what they're hearing from Congress, and uh, I'm not seeing a lot of balls. In fact, mm. every time I hear about it, I I see less and less. Yeah, because and, the, the, the kick the can down the road strategy works, right? That's why they do it. Right, um, but, but this is but this is like. Uh, I don't know. It's like this is getting to a point where pharma shouldn't have this much sway. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Like basically, I, I uh, the uh, the outlook on the the chair of the. Hey, hey, of the I just I just want to address someone. That, sorry to interrupt you again. Um, to Centripede and chat. I, lo I love Centripede, he's great. And he's saying it's not Fauci, dude, lol. Yeah, we we get that. It's fair to say that you're, when you're mentioning Fauci, you're, there's a whole right. <laughs> infrastructure that comes. Yes, with that, I'm, not, right? I'm not an idiot. I understand that um, wherever he is, he's not the end all be all. He's not the only person. He's not even the person at the top. Mm. Um, when, I, when I think about this, He's he's the conduit, but but I'm thinking deep state. Like I'm thinking the intelligence agencies 
are, I'm starting to think that, that maybe, I'm starting to think that, that maybe the reason why uh, RFK is thinking, uh, just thinking about running for president is because he realizes that like there is no, like nobody has the balls. And I think that he he realizes that if he doesn't if he doesn't do something, I mean, would, they're not even they're they're not looking past China, not even the Republicans, and with 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 the, with Rand Paul and and uh, Ron Johnson in the Senate, the House is just doing whatever the fuck they want. And I, I did not get warm and fuzzies from from what I heard today, and so you know, maybe. For people who are who are listening into this, right, and I'm not saying anything new here, or I don't think overstepping any boundaries or borders. At this point, you must consider these entities, apparatus, network as hostile to you because of I, I don't know what they baked in over decades of operational. Um, day-to-day activities i guess because you know each i I kind of asked you this question before but um when sort of doing your threat assessment i I, i'm presuming at no point these discussions came up about these the, the fauci network as being a potential cause for the missions that you were trained for uh I mean, you, you would look at non-state actors. Back in the day? Yeah, about back in the day. No, no, we were always. It was always the enemy. Yeah, so the non-state actors, quote unquote terrorists. They were always the, the ones. Terrorists or that... state actors, even, but but never. We would never have. No, but the, anything from in, the thought of not being able to trust the scientists at a reach back back at the Pentagon or you know, wherever they would be, depending on this. Like we didn't. Like we we trust that when we when we reach back and ask the scientists, okay, now now for the real skinny, what you got? That they're gonna tell us the truth that will be help us to to complete the missions. And so like from an operational standpoint, the people outside of the Pentagon, like in, in the actual units, they don't have time to think. They don't have time to question uh, right. something that deep. And so, like this is a completely unprecedented situation. Um, and I'm, I, I, I don't know. Like I honestly don't know, because if if I can't even. I think we might have to. <laughs> we we might have to. Just for, I think the best thing that we can do right now is, the grand jury. I think it has to be the states. Because I, which was another I, accusation laid at you. <laughs> I don't know. From Jay, that you're not talking about Seventh Amendment as a means to get restitution. So what's interesting is that is that Jay is suddenly a constitutional scholar. Uh, when I don't 
don't know if people realize this, but I was supposed to do law school after my MBA. So when I had two classes left and then I stalled it, that, that had been my plan. I was at SMU. I was, my plan was to do law school. Um, my grand, I got waitlisted first year, which is ironic because that's, that's what I wanted to do. And I got a full ride of the MBA that I didn't want necessarily. But, um, but look, look, I want to do constitutional law. Okay. I'm obviously not a retarded person. And, you know, my, my life trajectory is a little different than uh, Jay's, but, um, but I was heavily into politics, heavily into law. I wrote my divorce papers in 2011. Like, I think it was 20, I don't know what it was, 27. I wrote my divorce papers. You're not getting anything, bitch. <laughs> so nice. Wait. It wasn't like that. I just uh, <laughs> well, I didn't have a lot of money, and and I did want to make sure to protect my interests, and it turned out pretty well, well enough that I, I I did the same thing with my twin brothers. But but I mean, just in general, constitutional laws is what I wanted to do. So for him to just spout off about a Seventh Amendment, oh, you never thought of the Seventh Amendment? Well, he's an idiot because he and I talked about that. Like nine months ago. Like we had that conversation. So he doesn't even remember conversations that we've had, much less conversations that we didn't have. Um, but yes, I, <clears throat> he also forgot that uh, in 2020, yeah, I guess it was 2020, in the fall of 2020 leading up to the election, I was homeschooling my son and I decided that we were going to do the Constitution class over the course of the of the fall leading up to the election. And uh anyway, actually I had a lot of fun. Taught him like we watched the returns election night. He he was into it and but we had gone through the entire constitution, the entire constitution, all the articles, all the amendments. So he he doesn't even know what he's talking about. He doesn't know anything about me or, or <laughs> But the problem is, I know what the Constitution is. I know what the Seventh Amendment is, and I know the argument about the Seventh Amendment because he and I talked about it. Um, and that is one argument. Um, I think that there's more than that. I, he he latches onto that argument because somebody told him that, and that somebody was like a legal scholar or something, and, and that's the only thing he knows. But I know other things because, in addition to reading all the scientific literature. At various points during this pandemic, I've gone and read through the statutes to try to see, okay, what's legal, what's not. So everything that uh, <sighs> Sasha Latipova and, and Catherine Watt were doing, like I was commenting on Catherine Watt's very first articles on Substack and, and questioning, okay, well, what's this and what's this? And nobody ever saw that. Um, and, you know, I wasn't elevated. But uh, I have very strong opinions about what we should be doing and how we should be approaching that. And it, it's ironic that that he would complain that we're not talking about this because uh, I don't know about him, but I have, you know, Texas and the federal criminal procedure books. I don't have it with me at the moment, but, you know, I've got the 2,000 page 
books and I started learning that stuff on my own in my free time. And I'm not even going to go to law school probably. So it's just annoying for him to assume that, that whenever he becomes learned about something that other people don't understand it. But what he, what he needs to understand is during that time when I went to MBA, when I was going through my MBA program, um, and I was working full time as a shoe store manager. Um, I, I I suck at math, and I was still one of the smartest people in my MBA class. So the fact that I didn't finish has nothing to do with my capabilities, and the fact that he has a PhD doesn't imply that uh, he doesn't understand the world or, or has learned more about the world. I mean, that was my second master's degree. And I also, you know, bought and rented out homes and had a life. And, you know, so yes, I lost homes. I, I actually foreclosed on one of my two homes. It just wasn't the one that I lived in. Um, and so like every little niggling thing that he says to try and belittle me. It's not just me, but it does seem to target me. It's just, it's pathetic. It really is. Because he has no idea. He doesn't know anything about my life. Even when I went out of my way to learn his opinions on, on everything, I read everything that he did and I watched most of his streams. I still do. And he doesn't do the same for us. He obviously doesn't watch the streams before he starts commenting on them, except rarely, because with the, the fact that he he played one of your sound bites, it's one of the only times he's ever done that, because he typically doesn't know. He's just he's just flipping it on and, and riffing, and uh, his riffing isn't very good. Well, it's it's just full of technical inaccuracies, one one after the other, and... right? But but hidden by. But, but covered by the fact that he, he he delivers it confidently, he's not telling people when he has questions or doubts or when he has limitations on his knowledge. He's he's portraying everything as if he has all the answers, and he doesn't. And the, the fact that he did that and he started doing it to me, that was what kind of got us off on the wrong foot. And then when we tried... I tried behind the scenes for six weeks to, to get him to talk to me. And he literally would refuse to pick up the phone. Like he, like he was a three-year-old, like we'd be texting and say, Hey, well, let, let me call you. And he, and I would call him and he wouldn't pick up the phone. And that happened multiple times. So that's the courageous nature of the, of the right. and, and fight the for banner. our lives. Rally on the banner. Fucking asshole. Um, and he, gets, so, and he gets old after a while because he also because he also knows that there's more to the story uh, because he he went out of his way he took steps to try to make you and me look bad hmm. on purpose in the week leading up to when our contract was supposed to be renewed so he wants to play this game that he wasn't involved but nobody was watching our streams he went out of his way to show them portions of your streams. He, he never mentioned the fact that, that, you know, I'd been trying to figure out what the fuck he was doing and why he was trying to tank if the project that we were working on. Mm. 
Um, you know, but at the same time, I, I, I just, okay, I assume oh, he's a scientist, he's, he's a, whatever, this is fucking crazy. You know, I've, I've never been in a situation where, you know, you get stabbed in the back like that. So it never occurred to me that it would actually happen. Um, like it literally just didn't occur to me. It's not like the world. Yeah, you haven't I been around scientists from, enough, bro. <laughs> Well, you have now, but <laughs> right, I mean, I've, I've, I've been around millennials, and you know, I've seen that. But but when you are a decent human being and and you you know present yourself honestly and and you have some integrity and and some leadership experience, etc., and some just worldly experience in general, um, people can see that and they can compare it to people who don't. And so generally, they they understand that you who you are and what you're about. It doesn't take long. He obviously doesn't. But there's, know a, there's, there's, like. a, there's a more deeper, perhaps more p disturbing accusation that he's levied, well, not just you, right? others as well, that by trying to tease out these mechanisms, tease out the technology, tease out the networks, all, all, all these things. He's making the argument that should people listen to your watchmaker hypothesis? Should people listen to me about the neurological impact? What we're doing is setting up a case where they're able to do this again. And I think, I think that's a very... Well, it's, it's an ideological position rather than an evidentiary-based one. And I... I but he's not, I, mean, I, I would say he's not even that coordinated. He's just making it, he's making this an us versus them thing. He's just othering anybody who doesn't agree with his ideas, which doesn't make him transcendent. It doesn't make him a leader. doesn't make him um, a force for good or somebody to rally around. And so... Um, it, it makes him somebody it's, who's it's a lot of damage. Bizarre, um, I don't know, purity test right now. And, you know, that... For everybody. To include RFK. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he obviously, he obviously doesn't... Like, he... he he's so defensive uh, that he's willing to... Uh, and I, I, I can't... I can't fathom that because it makes no logical sense. Like why you would go through all this trouble uh, to squeeze me out, squeeze us out, and then... But, but, because it's aimed aimed at this target of there's a th this Gnostic reality that you can get to if you, if you buy into <laughs> that everything's illusion. And that's that's the crux of his argument. Even given the fact that you can say clones are a thing, of course it's a thing. That's why everyone was pissed from the beginning. Um, in his mind, that just just I don't know breezes in the in the air that that pass you by and and are nothing. And and what it does is belittle all the efforts of all the people that have tried to bring back these these um truth that's the wrong word evidence 
to bring back yep. evidence that there was something nefarious going on. And so, so suddenly, that suddenly there's a uh, a category fallacy. I would argue that he's making, which is, well, we can look at the iatrogenic stuff and the the way that they've, and that's that's good for argumentation. But anything else outside of that scope becomes um, an impediment to the the Gnostic breakthrough. And right. to to have uh, well a, a, his accusation go out, which which was pretty. I know we touched on this at the beginning, but diffuse is false. By corollary, you're false. As is the um, as major as is Major Murphy. This is this is all part of a setup to get people to buy into the idea that they can do that. The idea of imbuing properties via synthetic clonal biology, whatever you want to call it, is a make believe. Right? It's just a fiction <laughs> there to control you. Uh, I'm eating my uh, yeah, okay. my Cinnabon. <laughs> Muffins get stuck in, bro. Um, you know, you're right. And but here's the insanity: is he, he's not just he's not just saying that everybody's an idiot. For a while now, he's been literally accusing us of actively working for some opposition like mm -hmm. like, like he, he stated matter of factly that that i am i mean that you that me that that everybody is each of us have been we received emails yeah we, we were in know. on some sort of coordination program from the beginning to <laughs> it's just, it's I, I need so to go restore order stupid. on deck dude give me a minute And he left. Well, tater tots. Um, once again, if you didn't hear it the first time, um, uh, I, I can't speak for for Jessica Rose or Robin Malone or whoever, but for myself, um, Substack is not lucrative. Substack is my only taxable income. And, uh, and well, in the last four months, he's made 30 grand and I have not, I think made like 1200. Yeah. That's what I said earlier, it's somewhere around 1200, I think in the last four months from Substack because I'm not on there very often and I don't have that large of a paid following. Um, so the fact that he that he has played a victim, but then insinuated that I left children's self defense because I want to defend my my better revenue stream. Um, I mean it's insane, and he obviously. He, I, I don't even know what to say other than um, I, I don't know why somebody would would say something like that. In any case, much less the situation between me and him, and um, or to, to say that 
know, I didn't lose my house because I was able to sell it. Like I said, I sold one of two, barely. It was two days away from foreclosing on, on my main house. And so, yeah, I got, I got lucky there, uh, I guess. Sorry, dude. It, it's school holidays at the moment. and Oh, who cares about the chillings? <laughs> who cares? Sorry, man. Uh, well, the bottom line is that he's he, he's attacked my character. He he called out the fact that, well, why didn't you say anything when you left? Uh, which was stunning because given what, what Kevin and I know from behind the scenes, um, assumed that he wouldn't have said anything after I left. So the fact that he went out of his way to publicly discuss things and to try to frame them as something that they weren't um, is really concerning. And I don't, it doesn't make sense because I would say that somebody who's insecure, but, but I, I've, I've literally never seen that before. Like, first of all, in the real world, like if, if somebody said that, did that to me in front of my face, you know, I'd kick him in the balls and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> um, right. You know, blankets, like drink a piss or all. Um, I'm sorry, but I don't know what world he grew up in, but in the real world, oh, you, you know, got beat down. Fucking hell. You don't act like a, a whiny little bitch. Yeah. Especially when you're, you know, you, when you knew that you were scheming and, um, mm. and then went out of your way to try to smear me as much as you possibly could after I left. Mm. Makes no sense. So it, it also, Tells me uh, why, a lot do, why about do you what think... was being said behind my back before I left and afterwards. Uh, at what point do you think that he was looking at Diffuse and then I don't know. I, I, I mean, his goal is to uh, he says to sort of convince RFK that well, it's all illusion. I guess it's all just clown. Literally, he's literally stated. I wrote it down somewhere. I don't know if I can find it super fast, but he literally stated something to the effect of. Um, like his his primary goal was let's see if I can find it. Uh, it's in here somewhere, yeah. Um, oh, it's so good. Like I want to find it. There's something to the effect of like he's literally trying to to like excise diffuse from from the book mm. he's doing everything about like he publicly stated that yeah that is false and he's also publicly stated that so, so but i already knew that just from his actions but the fact that he said it in public when i had said the exact same thing to children's self-defense and i'm like like not not to bobby but oh shit we lost you bro Uh well let's let's see if uh comes back. In no sense. Oh there you go. It, you dropped out for about thirty seconds, bro. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> well, I'm not gonna go back to it. The bottom line is is that he, he was literally working against his own employer's wishes and, and still is and is telling people about it. So I don't know what, what kind of person that is, but 
it's not it's not smart and it's not it's not ingenious so i'm not sure what people are are thinking about what he's saying like like how are they how are they believing everything he's saying when he's he's paranoid attacking everyone he's acting like a selfish spoiled brat like why like why are people why do people believe this I don't know. It's like it's so obvious when you watch it. Like he's having a breakdown. Well, the thing is, the thing is from. It's not like diffuse. It's just I was saying this in the last stream that there's. It's not out of nowhere, right? It it just it fits in, to a, broad, and long historical research. Program. That encompasses many labs, many individuals. Many institutions, multiple different funding sources, and it it it's it just paints in. It just it's a brush detail. That well, I, I, you could argue that its power came from the fact that they didn't disclose it. I guess, and it it points even more strongly at this um, synthetic. Or directed evolution approach, whatever you want to call it. <sighs> but that was all there to, for, and it's not just eco health. It's not just the regular cast of characters that we see. Yeah, they they even brought in new ones, and it, it's so ironic that he would talk about it, this self fulfilling prophecy thing. But, um, he, he refuses to look at it as. Yes, we saw this this uh, build up of work over time, and then shockingly, we we saw what was the culmination, or what was the type of culmination that they want. So, it must be fake. <laughs> which which you're seeing in Panda output, right? So a, a couple of months back, they had a thing about talking about biowarfare if you, yeah, if you if... I, I know exactly what you were talking about and i and and nick it was weird like for some reason like he connected with me just before that and nick hudson hmm. and i seemed... think he's a tool dude <laughs> well everybody's a tool in one way or another but he's not stupid Oi, speak for yourself i mean i i I interacted with him, um, especially because there was a there's a particular panda uh, Twitter space. It was really good, like it, it had me and Lynn Finn and uh, several others, and, and we were all giving our you know kind of differing opinions. And, oh, so you were um, speaking about bio warfare in a space? Yeah, and well, he it's it's weird because he. Like everybody is taking it in slightly different ways, and they're 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 taking and picking what they want, and just kind of trying to fit everything that into their little into the little niche. And, and the truth is, is I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> like, I, yeah, but the presumption is, is that because you come from a bio warfare background, you're you're that's just the trajectory you'll take, and so it's it's to be discarded. And it's an insane, insane so position. It's it's so stupid because 
I'm able to judge all these different things just like anybody else. And I have at least as much experience in, in the broader understanding. So like it, it's hard for me to see how, especially at Panda, where there it, it's, it prides itself in being a group of people who come from outside typical sciences or, or typical to this kind of stuff. And they're bringing a, f a fresh view. And, and to that end, I think they're doing that. And, and he has kept an open, he reached out to me and he's kept an open line of communication. Uh, and as it turns out, I just sent him. Yeah, he banned uh, me from his telegram group. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I, and it, I wasn't rude. I was just saying it, it you're, you're taking evidence or you're not reading evidence well enough to just dismiss biological warfare everything points in that direction and boom i, I got um well I, I don't know why but it, it's ironic because I'm, I'm a marine and i'm perfectly capable of being an asshole but i, I also understand uh the importance of uh we is every everybody that we can get and I've, I've tried to be consistent throughout this entire process. And for the most part, everybody has responded positively to that. And I've never really had, like, I mean, I got along with, I put up a jiggy. Like, <laughs> I was willing to, to, to tell him to shut up when he needed, he needed to be told to shut up. And he, you know, he, he came to respect the fact that I'm not a complete retard. Um, so maybe... Maybe he just has lower standards than the than JC. I don't know. Um, but like, there's, so, there's, like a, there's another one who, who, who we'd, we'd I don't be, have trouble mixing with these. Though. We'd be lost without Jicky and the, the the work that he does. And that's that 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 that's an aside. But the um, I haven't haven't seen Jicky turn away from the evidence for bio. I mean, I'll be honest, like. I'll be honest, at, at the current moment, um, you kind of, <sighs> I hate my connection. Dropped out. Okay. I, I can hear you. We can see you. Okay, good. Um, you know, Dow, you and I, pretty much ever since the time that I went drastic, and Dao Yu is the only person I've seen that outworked me. And it's not that, you know, I, I try to do that or anything. I, I just, I do work hard, I, I tend to think. And and he's always, Dao Yu has always been very level-headed and he keeps on trucking very much like I do. And he, he puts up with all the other stupid crap and just keeps digging around. And he gets ignored sometimes, just like I do. And and Jiki is very much the same way. Look, I uh, it's it's kind of weird because in our own way we have, we have a lot of similarities. I mean, Dayu is probably from another planet, and yeah, I don't, I don't, that, that's Jiki's like a cancer researcher. But and so like like I'm just flattered that these people even like humor me and are bothered to to waste any time talking to me at all because I'm I'm not a scientist or anything. No, but this is what I was saying the other day, dude. You, you, you are the only person that has 
professional experience in this domain. Everyone else is just feeling their way uh, through this, trying to uh, f figure out the implications. You are the only one speaking up that has any, well, of course, Andrew Huff, um, of course, but um, no one, n I, I can't think of any other direct military contacts that we have that specialized in that domain. And that's so, and that well, literally gives so much time to people. Um, well, the truth is, is that uh, in my MOS, it's not like they, they create geniuses at biological weapons or anything. Um, I happen to be an instructor who happened to have some in, passing interest in, you know, broader geopolitics and also in the some of the minutiae. But I mean, the level of expertise, the, the difference between what I've had to learn, like what I knew then and what I've had to learn now is that it's not even on the same like scale. Um, because I've literally, I mean, I've just literally been studying and, and working for three years and, and, and so I don't want people to get this impression like like prior to that I had that I was a bioweapons like expert who who, who yeah you're selling yourself short dude when stuff. you when you're writing manuals that are distributed internationally that that's not a small thing it, 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 I wouldn't sell well, yourself I, short I, I, I wasn't writing manuals I, I was uh, I wasn't writing the doctrine I did work like the guy who wrote the doctrine was like in our little building but. But I, I was you know, teaching and I was um, incorporating changes as we would learn things, putting them into the curriculum. Um, but I mean, the truth is, is that I was just, I was a professional and I, I was, I was actually younger than, than most, but I was, I, I knew how to speak in front of different, in front of 19 year olds or in front of colonels and be able to hold myself differently and, and understand the situations. Um, but I mean, that just came with practice. The other, you know, I'll be honest, the, all I've tried to do is put myself in a position to be the most use to the most people and also to, to be kind of a voice of sanity and show them that not because I wanted to be the leader of all this shit, but because I wanted them to understand that, that the, that the role playing and the fight that we're fighting, we can't be little children. This is, this is serious. And exactly. so you, you have to have, you have to have an understanding of when you are in a position where people are looking at you and seeing that you're, you know, finding stuff and you're fighting the good fight. Uh, you can't just be a shitbag. You have to, if you're not a good person, then you're just leading. You, you can actually do more damage by being in a position where other people are like observing you and, and even looking up to you. 
uh, a, well, a leader people are wanting will impact to... either positively or negatively, and there is no middle ground. And so, what I've what I've seen is a whole bunch of scientists who don't know anything about interacting with others and, and organizing with them, leading them, or whatever, and um, it's caused a lot of pain. And it's and if if they were smart, they wouldn't fight me when I'm trying to do that <laughs> because there's not that many there's nothing I, I would say it's more important for me to, to to try to be a good example than to find anything that i've found i've just been lucky enough to do that while i've been working but it's obvious it's obvious that you know nick hudson isn't you know lead the resistance what I'm saying is, yeah, it's, but the JC is, is not going to rally troops to the banner, okay? He's not inspiring anybody. Mm. He's not inspiring anybody at all. What he's doing is wasting time. He's targeting it. Like, the people on our side, going back to things that they were saying in 2020, as if that matters a giant fuck. It matters. It doesn't matter one iota. Look, I could have said that I was... You know, raping turtles in 2020. Oi, I have a turtle. Ah, uh, sanity. But I mean, what the fuck does that have to do with anything now? Right. Um, it, it means nothing. It means hmm. nothing. So whatever he's doing, for the people that are watching his show, he is wasting time. He is, he's, he's provided good input into the fight. But when you in a fight and can't tell what direction he should be firing in should not be in the fight yeah my my sentiments exactly and well there's uh i guess we touched on this it, it's it's the sort of implicit i, I like the phrase self-fulfilling prophecy idea that he's going around pushing Anyone listening, you, me, whatever, who, who doesn't fill his purity test criteria are part of the initial <laughs> attack that are part of these systems embedded in there as like, I don't know, like a tank in a column. I don't know. But he's... But he's trying to trying to achieve because that the, well, the other, other issue you have is that you come up against the scientific literature you can't and if you're gonna we have to have some rules in that game right you can't just you can't just dismiss research and the history of it etc and just say this is the, this is the new the new paradigm right now, which is another thing that I've seen Nick Hudson tweeting about, which is that they're going to destroy virology. And I believe the reason that he's saying that is because Jay is telling him it's all, it's, it was clones and all eh, hospitals, hospital administrators. And I, I think you'll just smack very hard into a. He's he, he right now. He's taking um, unsupported ideas, and he's 
acting unscientific. And whether he likes it or not, that's the problem with science right now. And you can't beat this whatever it is by stooping to its level. You just cannot. And I told him that on his stream on July 4th. It's the most important thing we do is not even necessarily what we find. It's, 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 <laughs> what are people seeing when they see us do these things? Mm. Are they being inspired to go and, and work and help us to dig through all this crap? Are they? Yeah. Oh, shit. Lost you again. I'll, I'll keep, uh, I'll address the chat uh, right now. Uh, also wait for Charles. Evil is. Uh, yeah, we, you dropped again for about twenty. God seconds. damn it! God damn it! Maybe um, switch the camera off. Yeah. See if okay, at least then I can eat my stuff in peace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, we'll see. Hopefully, yeah. Um, we'll fuck it. Whatever. Uh, wait, 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 hang, hang on. I've just got to see this in the chat. Uh, so I was going to say, what about Bostickson? JC says he's sketchy, being the founder of Drastic. He even says it might be Jamie Metzl. There's no way Bostickson is Metzl. No. No way, no how. No, this I've, is dumb. Uh, yeah, I've spoke really too often. <laughs> that's, well. that's not a... Uh... Wow, that's another... Stupid idea from Jay. <laughs> well, look, see, what Jay doesn't know is, well, basically what happened in the year that after he left that I was there. I mean, he didn't, he thought that I was, I was there for like two months after he left or, or before I came to him or something. Like he had no concept. I remember talking to him in March of 2021 and he didn't remember. Um, but what he doesn't understand is that he doesn't know what diffuse is. He wasn't there for any aspect of it. He wasn't there when we were first hearing about it. He wasn't there when we actually got like, like the first info or the, when we got the actual documents, he wasn't there when we were analyzing it. He, he never interacted with major Murphy, um, or anyone. And at the same time, I came to him. <laughs> Once again, he, he invited me to his house. So we just need to get that. I don't even know what the fuck, like why he would, he's literally trying to take everything that's ever happened and spin it, which is fucking stupid. It's like something like a kindergartner does. But he wasn't there for any of these things. And so he wasn't there to know that the reason why well, the reason why I split from the original Jurassic, and I, I didn't go to Yuri because I was inspired to follow Yuri. I was the scientist half of Drastic left, and um, I didn't want to be near Billy anymore because Billy Billy tried to out. Billy was willing to, you know, basically throw our source to the wolves because he was impatient. He wanted to release the fuse, and I was still waiting. We were still trying to ensure and set things up so that way, you know, Major Murphy wouldn't go to jail for the rest of his life. 
Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'd say it's still a risk, right? Yeah. So, so, so Billy, who when I, the first time I was dealing, because a whistleblower actually got assigned to me at one point, um, and Billy was very adamant. Okay, well, we need be, be very careful with the whistleblowers and and take them seriously and support them. Blah blah blah. Okay, all right, Billy. Whatever. I mean, I get this. I understand the the stakes. And so, uh, a couple of months later, I was pretty pissed when he he literally. Uh, I don't even want to go into the whole thing, but uh, he was willing to. Uh, I mean, that, that, that was a schism. Within, say, be damned. Yeah, yeah, drastic. And he, he was he was willing to throw Major Murphy to the wolves. I was not willing to do that. I said, "Fuck no." I told him to go fuck himself, and, and more. And I, so literally that, and and more besides. And I told him, you know, because and the entire point was is that that was when the majority of people around drastic, especially the like the public facing ones came to realize that I wasn't fucking around because, because I'd already done a lot of work to little fanfare and, um, and I wasn't looking for fanfare and Billy was, he, he was, he was leading and, but he was not a leader. He was causing damage. And the truth is that we've never recovered. I mean, and what did he do? He was willing to, that was one of the main reasons because people saw that and they were already pissed off with Billy. And uh, you know, anybody that had a real career in real life and, and was exposed didn't really want to mess with somebody who they couldn't trust. And well I'll, I'll say uh, like I said I didn't I wasn't involved in any of those details. Billy's Billy's always I know you been were. I know you were and, and look Billy has been great at times. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to think okay well I just hate Billy because I don't. Billy has done a lot. With this cause he's put in a lot of work he's been one of the harder workers but um i had to do what i had to do and why because i knew that major murphy i knew what he was risking mm -hmm. and i knew why he trusted me because as it just so happens he he, he didn't know anything about me i mean he, literally the only thing he knew that it was that i was a marine but he started reading my blog and once, after a couple of months, once he felt comfortable, he reached out to me. And obviously, because he was a Marine, um, I, you know, I, I wanted to to make sure that I was doing right by him, and not and 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 not like like I I felt the responsibility because because I knew. I was able to learn the type of person that he was through talking to him and what was important to him and what he was trying to do. And so because I knew a lot more of those things than anybody else, uh, it, it, like there's no question in my mind, like even if there was any reason why it should be fake, it's not fake. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. real person. It, just, it just slots together with all the other extant grants and literature that's been right, right but, the, but we haven't even gotten to the to the diffuse i'm just talking about the, like the person who's reaching out to me in order for him to have faked everything he would have had 
because I was a Marine. So I knew it was very easy for me to, to verify who he was and to do background, like look into him because which is what I did because I had no idea who he was at first. And, um, when he reached out to me at first, he didn't have diffuse. So, um, but when he discovered it, he, he hinted that he found something, but he didn't tell me what it was. At first he asked for, you know, connections to the congressional uh, investigators that I had connections to. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And for whatever reason, so he, he submitted his, his, IG report and then but at the same time he which is which is another uh sorry to, again to interrupt you but it's just bubbling up things that he he, he said right there was an accusation that you, you why didn't you go to the authorities Rixie <laughs> and I was just like that is yes. what an insane what objection authorities yeah. for what like, like in this case what are the authorities that I should go to I mean he had already Hand delivered it to Fauci. Yeah, I mean, he had already submitted something like a, a whistleblower report. I didn't know about that. I knew that he was he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do with it. And he was talking to um, some legal counsel, and he hadn't even at this point he hadn't like done anything. But he submitted his report, and at some point around that time, he. He kind of introduced it to me and said, "Hey, I found this thing." Oh, we've lost lost you again, bro. So, so uh, like I said, what 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 Charles is talking about is the introduction to Major Murphy. And again, the, in my view, people people owe Major Murphy a huge huge debt. Yeah, we lost you again for twenty seconds, bro. God damn it! But I was I was just relaying that you were talking about how you your introduction to um, Major Murphy and um, that 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 took time, it? right? It it it's not right, right. Um, I had talked to him for at least a month before he'd even found a fuse because he was talking to me about something else. I'm about to. I'm gonna try this. Uh, I, I know you need to, we need to address something switch, in the chat um, here again, real quick. So, um, this yeah, is... I'm gonna try to switch my my connection, see if that helps. All right. So, AKLM is saying Spike FCS is unique to SARS-CoV-2. Some people saying it's common. Some say unique. Works for human ACE2. Not so much for bats. I, I don't know if you're listening in on this job. I can hear you. But, um, I can hear you. Uh, I. I, I do you want to address that as what's that you know there's it, you have a great um pitch about Same those 36 um amino acids and um that's not normal folks <laughs> like I, I tell them I, I didn't hear the full question i'm sorry uh, like, sorry the question what, was the spike protein spike uh fcs is unique to SARS-CoV-2 and so i'm presuming furing cleavage site some people say it's common, some say unique, works for human ACE2, not so much for bats. So there's a few things in that question that are, um, well, I'll, I'll let you explain it. Explain. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the spike protein is unique when you compare it to the original SARS. It's unique when you compare it to all other coronaviruses. And 
I mean, there's there's a list, but um, it's it's like forty nucleotides longer than the SARS spike protein. Otherwise, it's almost the exact same length. But almost the entire, basically all of that extra is taken up in four inserts, which is incredibly, like, that's not how it works. Like, if there's recombination, you would see evidence of it, and it would not be these four perfect inserts with it. They don't even have the right number of synonymous mutations around them, et cetera. Um, so actually maybe, maybe that's a question you can answer me. So what's that? I'm presuming recombination occurs at, or there are, would be specific breakpoints amenable to recombination. And I'm just, I guess my question is what are there more in SARS-CoV-2 or does it just fit in the, same breakpoint yeah so in order to recombine you've got to break one genome and have it stitched to another right of a similar correct virus now yes. I, I my understanding of genomics molecular biology is that there will be sites that are more prone to breakage to allow recombination because that would be a a, a strategy that could be leveraged for um, competitive fitness. And uh, well, I, I guess the question is, are there more in SARS-CoV-2 or is or is that a constant among... Uh, well, see, see, the reason why this why the Sorbeco virus... Um, we'll see in the process of doubly connecting and see... We can still uh, hear you. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, hopefully... You don't hear much of an interruption at all, but um, well, Chris right now is not doing anything. Oh, there it is. Um, so like for, for example, does does the is is there something that allows just the spike gene to jump? And is are there uh, it, so kind kind of yes? But here's the problem: is that within each clade or, or genus or subgenus the the along the genome wherein that can happen are different which is part of the reason why it's part of the the wall that gets set up between these that separates one from another so sorbecoviruses have these similar things so when you get sorbeco different sorbecoviruses in the same cell they can easily recombine mm. But that the, they can't do that the same with things that are outside the subgenus. And the way Dr. Quay was explaining it, and the way I've heard it from uh, Dao Yu, is that there's nowhere in nature that we can tell if there's anything that could possibly have given this furin cleavage site to SARS-CoV-2. It, like it, it just because it just doesn't exist anywhere in any of the things that could have remotely been able to. And so it's it's just asked like it's just astronomically ridiculous the statistical probability. And that's a, that's only accounting for one insert if you account for one insert. It doesn't account for the others. So we 
we know this unnatural because in addition to being to having things that it could not have gotten in nature from anything that it could have recombined with um the things that it does have from hiv were taken from the exact they're called the variable loops in hiv and they're called n loops in terminal domain loops in SARS-CoV-2. And even though they're in reverse order, <laughs> the way the the way they 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 moved from a, a perfect spot on HIV to a perfect spot in a different configuration on a different virus that it can't recombine with, that then allows it to have the right general configuration to utilize DC sign in a, a manner as effective as HIV. Like, like, so what you're, what you're talking about there is, and we could go on. I mean, Kevin and I could literally list dozens of different pieces of the genome that are like that. And that's what makes it so obvious because any three or four of these things in any one virus is impossible. So, and we have 15 or 20 well, so another thing that Jay has started to do is to say that the pathology is not different to other respiratory viruses, which right, yes. I, I'm not, I, I, I can't see how he's coming to that conclusion. And so I, I, basically it, it was a brush off about, well, you lose sense of taste and smell. Well, that's sure, that happens in other diseases, but that's not the only constellation of symptoms around these these genomes of concern that make the Wuhan strain stand out. And very close. It's such an infantile argument. Mm. It's singling out one thing, saying, "Oh, well, it's not as rare as you think it is." Mm. Okay. Well, first of all, you don't have proof of that because I have proof that even if it's anecdotal, that. Like, you know, most viruses are not infecting the, the uh, you know, the bulb of every single member of my family. So um, he's wrong. I mean, I took, in 2009, I took care of my family. We had, I was, was planning on getting out of the Marine Corps. So I bought a house like a year ahead of time in Texas. Of course, ended up getting divorced and then staying in. But um, when I went home for Christmas, Bitches, man. It was, it, it was swine flu year. Like it, or I'm right. sorry, it was H1N1. Mm. I had just been given the, the experimental vaccine. I did not get swine flu. I was totally healthy and happy and fine. But did they force you in the Marines to do that? Well, was... I mean, kind, kind of yes, but it wasn't seen as experimental because it was just um, it was just a flu shot. We already had mandatory flu shots every year. So it wasn't, uh, it was basically just like a new strain of flu, which in actuality, I mean, that is what it is. It's not the same. It's not like the transfection now, but, um, but they get, they gave it to us. They had it just in time, I think for like December. And I went home for Christmas and during that two weeks span, all three kids and the wife got sick. Swine flu, like diagnosed, I ended up taking each one at one time to the hospital. Mm. They were all got deathly sick. Like it, it was just, it was miserable. They weren't like dying sick, but 
they were just you know miserable sick for a couple of weeks mm -mm. and um incapacitated for yeah and so that kind of gave me confidence in the vaccine now granted you know in retrospect you know could have been any reason but truth of the matter was might have been the vaccine mm. because i did not get sick that year and i'm willing to accept that hey it, it worked that year but um you know even in the midst of the worst of that none of them lost their taste of smell or their their sense of taste or sense of smell like none of them and i had never like i had never i still haven't really experienced it but my wife has um with omicron in with the original and um and you know that's that's concerning and not only is it concerning but for you kevin this neuro guy um, it's also concerning because of what it implies about the virus and what it's doing. And for him to just poo-poo on that is, it's bizarre. Well, it's it's to buttress his position that everything was illusion, clones. Like I said, that clones thing is just stupid to me because it's, you're spreading viral DNA, uh, sorry, genetic material. Uh, for the environment anyway. And... Yeah, it, it, it makes no sense. Like I, I can't even, I can't even logically like spin it because, because he's not even leaving room open for anything. Mm. Okay, there's a question in the chat for you. If you were a working functional virologist and you put out a vaccine, this is from Chris O in the chat. Just like the University of Queensland, what would be what would your reasoning be for keeping these epitopes? FYI, UOQ. Okay, it seems to be the part of the GP forty one. Um, you wouldn't. Hmm. You wouldn't see this. what I've been doing for the last year is digging into each one of these ideas. And one of the big key ones is trying to understand what they knew and what they didn't know. So that way I could understand, okay, did they hide something? Were they, like, what was their thought process and, and what's the proof for all of that? And the truth is that that's why I went back. I wanted to, I went through 49 studies vaccine prototype studies where they had their sequences and they were explaining how they constructed it and what they kept out what they kept in oh, which is where you got that great um figure from corva lab right and right i mean i mean i've i've got a like 10 studies just from los alamos and you know i've got 10 studies from the v vaccine research center because i wanted to see what they what was barney graham doing in the years before january 13th 2020 when Barney Graham made the decision to retain that fear and sleep site. Did Barney Graham know about it? Did he understand everything about it? And what I discovered is yes, he knew all of this shit. He did the exact opposite over and over and over again until January of 2020. So whatever that is, I've been able to, to conclusively prove they knew what they were doing they did it anyway. And I mean, I've even found a couple quotes, but there's a quote where he says, 
yeah, this is a really dumb idea. Like it was, it was an idea that I had. It was kind of a hunch. This is bullshit because you don't make a decision like this on a hunch. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, is that you don't keep your nucleotide sites in any vaccine. So keeping it in a brand new type of vaccine where you don't, it's never been humans before. That would, that would be the opposite. You would never like take that moment in time to just say, fuck it and just try something. You would not, you would do the opposite. You'd be played as safe as possible. And they didn't. And they knew exactly what they were doing. Which is why I'm I'm willing to testify about it because I know it for a fact because I've read hundreds and hundreds of papers just on this HIV and SARS homology. I had to because I, I wanted to be able to know for sure one way or another. And now I know. Yeah, well, that, that answers that question. And yeah, Wood said, Wench is right in the chat that they were claiming that they were using it as a locking clamp. I remember correctly. Uh, well, there's one. There was one in Australia. I don't yeah, know if that's what he's referring to. Yeah. Right. And that might even have been the one that was actually testing, where people were testing positive. Right. <laughs> HIV. After, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's that clamp. Yeah. See, I told you. I read all these studies. <laughs> yeah. I'm not joking. And um, so basically, that's what happened. Is that they, they, they use this mechanism, and they test it positive, they had a high number of people testing positive for HIV. But what people don't realize is that it's probably not just because of that clamp. Right. <laughs> because, and I, I've been trying to find people, find the published primers for, for HIV vaccines so I can figure this out, but they could literally at any time make a PCR test so they know what epitopes to look for. And they could get you to test positive or negative for HIV at this point. Because the fusion protein is the same, basically, for SARS or HIV. So right off the bat, you've got a stable epitope that would be a good target. And then you've got the HIV pieces that are in there are highly exposed. So the odds of, I forget, I haven't looked at the fucking sequences right before and after, you know, no, I'm, I'm not a geneticist, but, but as I recall, um, uh, Dr. Fleming has, has talked about this too, how it would be relatively easy. And I know Sukrit Bhakti has talked about it. He said, and I absolutely agree that, you know, it'd be, it'll be super easy. The next, the next thing after this, the next pandemic will be AIDS. Uh, he ended up being kind of wrong, I guess, at the moment about that. He's he's not wrong about it, in fact, but he's wrong about like the the current like narrative that they're mm-hmm. building. Because the truth is, is that they did give us AIDS right. <laughs> on a population level, and and it's going to be, and they know that because they've they've so um, demonized that term that it's going to be really hard to get people to realize that's what's happened. That is what's happened. Mm. And so what happened in Australia is because I read the study about how they were saying that that was an issue. 
and there's a whole bunch of other studies talking about like all sorts of shit like um you know the one that talks about um activating something about uh, where it activates like nef protein or something that's that's inside people or i don't even remember um familiar. but there's yeah there's analogous pepped off there's a whole mess of stuff but the bottom line is they fucked us over and we and unfortunately jc is is able to he's able to be right about just enough that people aren't going to realize that when he's when he's wrong and we need people to be open minded we need people to be aware and we need them to have something positive to listen to and and um they need to have science that they can trust and he's sitting here attacking the scientists on our side. Mm. Uh, it's it's literally you, you literally can't could not do worse right now. You undermine us when we're when we're finally making the progress and we're approaching the beast. And you're gonna tell me, okay, well now Goliath isn't Goliath, so you don't need a sling, you need a sword. Okay, well <laughs> thanks, Tom. <laughs> That's not the time. You know, I found out about that uh, parable the other day. <laughs> this is a complete side, but it just reminded me of it. Apparently, in uh, David and Goliath, after he hits him with the slick shot, he cuts his dick off. Now, did you know that? Well, apparently... um, I got to go back and read. Old Testament is my forte. I don't recall that. However, I don't, I don't recall it, but it's apparently not, that's what happens. Um, um, it, it's crazy enough to have happened in the Bible. Um, yeah. I mean, someday, if you guys want to see weird history, thankfully, I I know a lot about it. And I, when you go back and you read the old shit, um, I, I remember reading Herodotus. And I was just, you know, reading super boring, blah, blah, blah. 25 Maybe I'm old. wrong. People, people are saying it's his head that they, he cut off. I, I've just been... Uh, I don't know, I that just would sound, be weird. <laughs> yeah, it just sounded fucking bizarre to me. Okay, like... well, well, well it, I, I would encourage if you're demented, uh, then you, you'll find it entertaining. If you go back and you read how Darius, the first Darius, became king of the Persians... <laughs> And Herodotus, because, uh, well, um, I, uh, I remember reading it. It's David and um, from Samuel. Even, his, David his, from Samuel. He and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines, and David fulfilled the king's requirement by presenting all their foreskins to him. <laughs> okay, now foreskin, foreskins was the thing, yes. Foreskins was the thing, yeah. Who gets that now, duty, granted, man? <laughs> well, now, granted, the uh, the Zulus um, at the turn of the 20th century, they uh, in the 19th, they I forget which battle it was, but they they annihilated the British, and um, there were like no survivors. And but then when like a British regiment came on, mm-hmm. I don't remember what the battle was. I think it was the one where well, they worked straight for something, maybe. But, uh, you know, I, I know the, what you want British, about, though, right? Yeah, the British came through and they were walking around and seeing all the dead bodies and that. And the Zulus had chopped off all the dicks and um, and stuffed them in the mouths of the uh, 
of the troops of like their own dicks put them in their own mouth and slid open their bellies because apparently that, like something about evil spirits or something I don't know I think they just they probably just made up some shit just because they thought it was funny um, um, but yeah if you want to read something weird read how Darius like you can google Herodotus and how Darius became king of, of the Persians and I guarantee you will not guess what it was, but it was like a random crazy ass story in the middle of some boring ass shit. But mm. history has some nuggets and hopefully, um, uh, JC's, uh, infectious clone insanity will be relegated to history. Mm. Mm. Well, like the, the, the issue here is that they do use clones. <laughs> that's not right. Um, right but the fact that he uses the same word is he uses it pretends that it's something different and, and that it matters because we're not saying that fictitious clones but like we believe they're bioweapons we believe that they're unnatural we just simply believe that if we're smart enough to make them and stable then they're probably stable in the environment in fact that's the last thing that i haven't shown well it's not the only last thing um, what I did, I went back through, and I haven't um, published this yet, but I went through the gain of function rules. And there's like seven different types of gains of function you can do. And basically what I did was I exhaustively went through and found several examples in the literature for each one, uh, either directly or indirectly via the shots, showing that they literally did gains... Like SARS-CoV-2, if you include the, the spike protein in the shot, they have boosted that virus in every single capacity significantly, um, including like um, environmental stability. I found one paper that I had never read before where they literally took like a super tiny little stabby thing. Oh, yeah, this is atomic force microscopy that Joanna was going on about. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Is that she? She was the one who who showed this to me, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Mm. And when you read that paper, like, they're right. This thing is not. It's it's not. It's a, not conforming that, to normal. It's incredibly stable. Yeah. yeah. Incredibly stable. It's incredibly temperature stable. Yeah. It's durable. Um. It's pliable. Everything about this says that it's not natural. And that it can also survive. I mean, even Robert Gary said that it, it can last an aerosol for 16 hours, which normal SARS was like three hours in the air. Mm. So there you go. Well, that's from Gary, so we can just dismiss that. Well, sure, yeah, we can just toss it. We can just toss it. Well, anyway, well, yeah, so I'm glad. Hopefully, I don't want to keep here like all night. I yeah, I know, you, I know you've got, got to travel and. I've I've had to concede and let the boy in, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I won't, I guess I won't explain what the what happens in Herodotus then. <clears throat> next time, but next time, yeah, okay. it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's uh, it's it's probably worth going over. Like Daughter's Cart was dropping that stuff about class switching, and there's been a bunch more come out. It seems maybe, maybe we should take a dive into that next time we speak class switching stuff because the ig4 class switching 
Um, so he's he sent well, out. I'm the uh, one that introduced that to him. You did. Okay. So unless he's got a new. Uh, I th I think it's it's more like he's done a review. Because uh, he did a review, uh, he may have done more. Like he 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 dabbles in a lot of different things. Mm. So we talked about that a little bit at one point, but he might have dug even deeper now. Mm. On. All serums levels are not elevated in cases of post-COVID syndrome. Oh, that's not it. Well, it's different. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find it. It might, it might not be relevant, but I, see, I got an email from him. Substack earlier. Well, he's pretty wise, so yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know why he he would he would highlight this because. No, this isn't. This yeah. this one isn't from uh, Lawless Carp. It's Genovate. Um, uh, well, I mean, he's also pretty smart, so. Mm -mm. So walk through IG4 antibodies induced by mRNA vaccines generate immune tolerance by suppressing the immune system, which which um, puts puts us into this territory that you were talking about earlier, which is that you, you lower the collective posture at a population level, and then you allow more virus to to emerge, right? Because the the you're not able to mount the correct response and so yeah we we didn't even we didn't even like really i wasn't even referring to that specifically but that does add to the mix because then because if you if each person if part of the problem is that they're they're doing igg4 and so they're getting this allergic you know desensitization going mm. then it's just another mechanism that ultimately leads to the greater amount of a virus that's that's able to inhabit your body in this so i guess it's the same problem but in this case it sounds like it's what it, it's, it's not necessarily coming from postcode from from long covid which i guess is good yeah so that i think that's what the last paper is, is sort of hinting at so that's again there's this functional um difference let me just Five cohorts, relative amounts of spike protein IgG subtypes were comparable. The difference between cohorts was. Well, but yeah, but that's because it's based. Yeah, this is just post. -code. It's being driven by mRNA, mm -hmm. and it's being driven by, especially second and third mRNA. So if, if you're not getting mRNA, but you have long COVID, then. It would make sense. So I, I guess that this paper is saying that the IG2 was, rather than IG4 being elevated, in the case of long COVID, there is minimal IG, or, or the levels of IgG2 are down. And so that could be contributing to the chronic inflammatory state. But, but again, we're in this domain of them having softened up the battlefield right now such that you don't need 
the tweaked agents to then start really taking a bite out of populations. Well, yeah, because we're watching what should be common colds mm. cause more respiratory problems and death than you otherwise would. And so that's exactly what you'd expect because from my understanding, it's not even that people are getting like, pneumonia. It's just a confluence of weakness in different areas. And, and that fact, manifests just... difference across different people, right? And so... Right. Like... On the good side, what it does mean is that the IgG4 problem, to what it says to me is that it's really being driven by mRNA, specifically because there's you know 13 to 50 billion of them Whereas in a normal infection, you would never have that many much spike protein at any one time. So, really, well, what it does mean is it condemns the mRNA platform completely, because all you're going to see is this continued desensitization if you keep overloading the immune system with this amount of crap, mm. and then you pile on top of it the, the plasmids that are causing all sorts of issues as well. Mm. Well, so I, I really, saw Jay. Well, take, super antigens, super antigens also cause fast switching. There you go. And he, he right. took a swing at the plasmid contamination issue. Well, Jay. And swings. Yeah, and basically saying that they they will continue to push down this platform because, well, we'll get rid of the plasmids, and therefore, well, I'm not going to sort of disagree with that point but there's a no, but it's, I, don't, I don't think it would still solve the problem though i think no the fact no. that it, it the uncontrolled the massive volume in the beginning plus the indeterminate amount of continual uh production afterwards it's it's a terrible platform because you have zero control and they have no idea like how can you zero in on like even if it was supposed to work how could you zero it in if you're because you don't know what a safe range is or even how to maintain that safe range. Mm. And we've just seen this with the TGA release of the biodistribution data as well. Right. But it matched what the Japanese saw. And um, <laughs> disturbingly. Really? So, yeah. That's interesting. Because I would have thought that maybe that, that was just the lipid. In fact, it was fat or something. Oh, yeah. They were just but looking guess... at lipid distribution. I want to say. That there was no looking at spike they were just looking at lipid distribution but the you know once you exclude the liver because basically everything has to go through the liver anyway but um one of the primary organ systems that gets impacted by this approach is the ovaries and now now you've gone and seeded billions of people with a yes. well, essentially a, <laughs> a a guaranteed way of inserting and integrating oncogenes into the the germline, that's the end uh, result where where those sorts of decisions make up. So, you know, the I have a real concern at the moment that the the drop in births might not just be a temporary blip. It's happening in too many countries. It's too synchronized and that m it may be uh well so well first of all we have to stop immediately mm -hmm. 
but like we can't do any more mRNA because it, it, it may just be done. Out, That's it. To, to, to... I mean, she's dumb. What are we doing? I don't know because because my guess is that it got in there and we're talking about irritants and we're talking about being able to cause inflammation and all this shit, but we don't know the level of damage. Now, the other thing I'll say is that um, is that yes, we, we saw a drop-off, but it's going to take a while for us to know if, okay, what does that really mean? Does he, they just got unlucky with the lottery or because I would venture to say, at least I I pray that this is true, that um, like you, if you if you live, if everything is good, you know, a year or two years after the shot, after your last shot, then things can be okay. I, I would like to think that oh, I, can't I would like die to die suddenly that. seven years from now. You know, I, I have no guarantees that you right now, but yeah, but, but uh, that's if, my hope. If the attack, you know, again, I I have to just presume the worst intentions on behalf of who could see these systems being able to form the the weapon have knew this because as you showed I don't know, it was the last time we were speaking but that that they well, you described today but the um they they knew class switching was an issue because of the research that's gone on into HIV right so well, super antigens anytime you're creating something that's highly antigenic it could be a problem and the real problem with HIV is because, well, it has its own special mechanisms. But I think what they've really done is that is that this is ten times as as bad as HIV because you have a super antigenic. You have so many different epitopes that are that are antigenic that are that are messing with the immune system. And super antigens, because they mess with such a broad range of it. That's why they're so capable of causing this class switching. Because you normally see this desensitization in certain situations, HIV, or um, if you go back and read the literature, I don't remember if it was you that I like, sent it to, but I, I dropped in like just some stuff about super antigens from the old biowarfare. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what they fucking talk about in there. They talk about, they talk about um, initial reactions or ARDS and and cardiovascular issues and other shit and you know potential long-term immune stuff and there, there was all a the same qualitative difference between ingestion and inhalation right Inhalation was worse yeah mm. well just like it always is well there are some things that are worse when you ingest but typically the lungs are a better target and what did they do i mean the the other piece of this is I think that they 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 created the way that they did so that way it would be able to transmit more through aerosol. If so fact it would go through the lungs. It's the perfect way. Well, the, the thing is it's it's a structural super antigenic. It, it, like it's not you don't see it if you draw out like the letters in, in a sort of one D vector, right? It, it's the yep. secondary and tertiary That's folding right. that before... it, after the cleavage happens a little bit there's like this opening and then suddenly that specific part is exposed mm. whereas before in the pre-fusion state it, it wasn't but when they everything they've done has made it so that way if it one if it gets cleaved 
then it can cause even more trouble. It's like everything is fucking bad. Mm. Everything's fucking bad. That's all you need to know, folks. I'm going to bed now because everything is bad with this virus. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll stick up in Assuming the fight. it's real. Mm. Assuming it's real. Mm. Right. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, uh, we could all just be uh, consumed by... Uh, what, you're, the, you're the expert on Greek mythology. What are those things that fly in the air and kind of like demons? Harpies. Oh, <laughs> we've yeah, got yeah. our own scientific delusional harpies that, <laughs> that have convinced yeah, us we're, that... We're just, I'm lost in the narrative. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm. Mm. Well, I gotta go back and get... I gotta go... Sorry, I gotta go to bed now and get my instructions from, from DOD from DARPA <laughs> and then... Uh, so I can know what my narrative is supposed to be tomorrow. Right. Oh well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it when we when, when tomorrow comes. I know it's, it's good. To, I needed this though. I need to be able to. Mm. Well, fuck me, dude. He just took a he took a massive swing at you and and me and just impugn. I don't I don't care about the shit posting element. I do. That's deliberate. But to be impugning you on, um, diffuse just being a, a, not not just. I don't know. We deliberate, deliberate seeding for narratives to enable these programs to continue. I mean, he's, he's accused me of of fighting against him because because I'm getting paid and I'm being ordered to uh, confuse people, make them believe that this is real. Mm. Okay. Well, my recommendation for him is to read my article. Because he believed it three months ago. Yeah, he and, can't now. You know, I guarantee you, he will not read it. Yeah. Is it? Which is a shame. Mm. Because we need people to learn. Mm. We, we need to start attacking Fauci now. The longer this goes on, the more likely it is he gets away. So if he wants to be a part of that, if he wants to be part of some future where Fauci gets away and, and Robert Malone is president, okay. But I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Wish I had some sage advice for people. Scooby, Scooby-Doo. I was saying the other day, I hate Scooby-Doo. That was that was for the girls. I was crying out. I was I was Captain Caveman. <laughs> yeah, I was Ninja Turtles. Uh... Oh, you, young scamp. That was. Uh... I don't even know how old you are. I don't know how old you are. I'm 39. Old, yeah, you're like 54 or something. I don't know. I think I asked. Don't point. Not that old, but I'm just gonna make a brand of members to each other. So it's cool. Uh, just like I guess you can just call me JC from now. <laughs> that was... <laughs> well, like I said, right, anyway. folks, folks listening, um, there you go. There's there's a breakdown of the extant evidence as we have it um we just continue to see holes um from the other side and i i i'll just finish with this that they they are not adaptive right because they'll fixate onto one thing and if anything comes out from left field etc their model breaks and i just see it breaking um constantly in real world if you have anything to add to that no, I, I wish I, I wish I could turn on like, I wish I had like a music board or something. Or, like, can't touch this or something. Uh, right. 
Well, maybe yeah. Mm. I'll, I'll sit one in there right next one. Okay, dude. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you get to bed. Um, travel safe, and I will. Well, let me know when you get. I, I don't want to sound public. Hey, <laughs> gang, but um, yeah, just. Uh, I hope it's not too long. You're driving anyway. All right, dude. Take care. I will see you in the next one. All right, folks, that's a uh, powerful, powerful Charles Rixey um, laying out oh, on screen. Okay, put me up here. And let me just see if anyone uh, is not Ziju today. Uh, yes, big boy, what's up? Huh? Nothing? Sure? Uh, let's see. No, you are all Ziju. Right, I'm out of here. Um... <laughs> take care uh see you in the discord if you haven't gone there of course i'll just uh remind everyone please 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 go to mccandojo.com <laughs> what's the, what's going on here too many uh too many tabs all right mccandojo.com um that's where you can get a hold of me and um of course please subscribe to charles substack prometheus shrugged maybe i'll just put that in the chat right now although it never there's charles link uh let me put it here boom 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 yes okay right uh i am out of here folks um i will see you uh in the next one um guests are gone now so back to a more regular streaming schedule and i will see you in the next one maybe tonight or tomorrow all right god bless take care look after yourself bro you don't know how angry i am you do I'm like i was just leaving for fucking work you do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that long line i will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine fuck these peppers I will fucking kill each fucking pepper! I swear! <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore! This is fucking dead serious! I am fucking dead serious! These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying, but fuck these peppers! No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever tell you my fucking blood blood! Never! Never! I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking... ...fillies and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage! Motherfuckers. Hold on, why this guy? Let's check what we found out. 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 Let's check what we found out.